1: Today's podcast is sponsored by Casper. Get $50 towards any mattress purchase by visiting www.casper.com G-O-T and using the G-O-T promo code. Terms and conditions apply.
0: Welcome to the Game of Thrones podcast, the officially unofficial podcast for Game of Thrones on HBO. I'm Jared. I'm Aaron, And today we're talking about Season 6, Episode 8, titled No One. Uh, you've seen it a couple times at least now, I presume. Yes. What What is your opinion after the rewatches?
1: Uh, well, I've come to a deeper appreciation uh, for some of the Jamie stuff. But honestly, I, after reading hundreds of takes on this thing, I find myself... More angry about the way Arya th- that went down. There's some yeah. people that put a defense for the Arya stuff. And it's all pretty pitiful. I'm going to talk about that, and I want to give them... But I felt like that every one of the Arya defenders missed... Like, like th- there was no one that had an airtight defense of why this was good. And I suspect right. it's because... And this is a subjective opinion. You're free to... Feel free to disagree. Uh, but I suspect it's because it's just bad. And mm-hmm. And the worst part about it is it just seems like it's a self-inflicted gut shot. Yep like no one made them stab the shit out of Arya. No, like like if if we had gone from episode 206 Arya in her little black cell and she's he has this complicated plot of luring the waif out to this place, that's fine. But, you know, there's so many different ways you could have done that and not have it be so kind of illogical and and it's even worse when I thought about. Uh I'm not sure when we're going to dig into that particular piece of the plot, but um have got a lot to say about end. it.
0: <laughs> I imagine at the end. It was a good week for Cleganes, though. Can I say that? Well, unless, this is an excellent in, in, in week.
1: unless it's excellent unless you want them in bowls of, uh, of various well, standings. Right. And but
0: hype. I, I think it's a good week in general for Cleganes. They get a lot of action. They eat a lot of chickens. Uh, they did. You know, whatever it says about the future for the Cleganes. But even
1: still, is it this, is, is this cool if you eat two-thirds of all the chickens in a room?
0: He ate more chickens I, I feel than like he his, had any right I to. I feel like it was generous.
1: It yeah. was a generous offing, but still. This is the guy <laughs> who eats every chicken in the room. He settled for two thirds. Right. Uh not sure if I want to give him full credit for that. I'll give him two thirds okay. credit for being awesome. Maybe
0: it's the way that he ate the chickens. Yeah. That impressed me so okay. much. Yeah.
1: And then there's like there's other stuff like and then that's the thing. Like I'm trying to unpack my disappointment for some of perhaps the crazier theories uh that didn't seem so crazy in the last few weeks um and there's a couple that we haven't even talked about on the show that we'll have to save for the Friday spoiler edition um but man it just uh i don't know I feel a little pissed upon okay i feel like the uh, the trident river uh just got just the sandor stood over me and and wrote his <laughs> name wrote his name on me yep uh all right well let's get into the recap what about we, you? You you've been sitting there letting me uh, stake out all these bold claims. Uh, well, I largely agree. I, I think okay. I I
0: maybe liked some of this episode a little more than you the first right. time around. It sounds like maybe if you've come to a greater appreciation of the Jamie and Brienne stuff, then yeah. then maybe we're on the same page now. But yeah, I I think the Arya stuff. Um, well, it doesn't really ruin her plot for me going forward. It does just completely fall down. Like yeah. those scenes just they didn't need to happen uh, the way that
1: they happened. It came and off like a stage fart. It was
0: real bad. It, I mean, it, it came off, honestly, in some ways, worse than the Dorn stuff.
1: Um, yeah, because the Dorn stuff we didn't really... Like, before, I, I guess we were interested only so much as it was a possible vengeance plot for Oberyn, who we liked, and right. also for the Lannisters, who we kind of don't like, against the Lannisters. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we didn't have any feelings one way or another about the Sand Snakes or... Prince Doran or any of that before right, we got it's into all new. it. Whereas Arya, like, I mean, uh, I know that they're not out there to be listened to, but I've been a huge fan of Arya's plot line since the first season. Like, mm-hmm. that was one of the, you know, uh, plots that kind of drew me in. Um, and it, it's not fatal. Like, uh, this, this show, yeah. it's not like this show has been completely flawless in its plotting. You know, there was problems with Danny's and her dragons and season two and there's a lot of like you know perhaps gratuitous Theon torturing season three and then we had the Dorn stuff and but so I don't think this is fatal either because if yeah. it, we all knew that Arya was going to go back to the Westeros with a couple new tricks Um right it's not like they put her
0: in a bad position uh that forward. doesn't make a lot of sense with her trajectory it's just the
1: way it happens it's like when you think about for two seasons we've spent on this plot that this is the best they could think of to wrap, to put a, an end to that chapter, to close right. the door on this I part mean, of her voyage.
0: I can think of better ways to do this
1: on the fly,
0: like, like that accomplish if, all the same goals. Like,
1: like, you think about all the other sign-offs she's had, like, when she was done with her training under Sirio. like, you know, mm-hmm. their, that was pretty badass, and, you know, her surviving on the mean streets of King's Landing. Ar- arguably, doing a better job as a seven-year-old girl, or however old she was... Just right. being traumatized over seeing her father beheaded than she did in Bravos with all this training. Yeah. Uh, you think about, you know, when she got done to Jack in the first time and Jack and pulled his face off and that was, can gave her the iron corn coin. That was cool. Iron corn. That's something you that's, get in Indiana. If you ever need the, the yeah. cobless men, you give him the iron corn. Uh, yeah, just th- go see Jake, <laughs> Jake in. And- <laughs> yep. Jake and Rinselier. He'll set you up. Uh, <laughs> Then you think about, like, get done with the Hound. There's this big battle with Brienne, and, and Arya coldly kind of leaves him to die of his wounds. Yeah. This is by far the least satisfying development of that, that plot.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Other than her, you know, headed back to Westeros, which I'm excited about. Sure.
1: I mean, even, like, when she was hiding out with Hot Pie and Gendry and uh, the... I can't remember the guy, the recruiter for the Night's Watch. Even mm-hmm. that was pretty cool. Yeah. Like, you know, him... Ah, The thing about crossbows is they take so long to reload. Like, that was super memorable. This is... Hell, we didn't even get to see her kill the waif.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Uh, Okay. Yeah, let's... let's, Recap time. Yeah. So before we get into the recap, I've got a really cool uh, promotional giveaway thing to tell you guys about. Ah, yes. We have teamed up with Factory Entertainment to uh, do a giveaway for a lot of really cool Game of Thrones-related merchandise. Uh, They produce a lot of, like plushes and pl- prop replicas that's hard to say
1: all uh, officially licensed too
0: officially licensed yeah by you know hbo and whatnot uh we they they went ahead and sent us a bunch of these things so we've had a chance to check them out and we've actually got a mailbag video going up tomorrow i think mm-hmm. where we kind of show off a lot of the stuff um you know plush like three-eyed raven and the direwolf cubs all
1: the direwolf pups uh yeah
0: all of them uh, so you, if you want to check that out, you can you can go to our website, baldmove.com, and, and look for that mailbag video. Uh, but it, it's a lot of really cool stuff, and they're just giving these things away for free for people who enter this contest. If you want to uh, enter the contest to win a bunch of stuff, they're, they're giving away those Direwolf Cub plush sets, um, plus some Three-Eyed
1: Ravens. They're giving away... These things are adorable. They're about eight, nine inches tall, and they all are distinctive, like, you know, no, Ghost looks like Ghost, Grey Wind looks like Grey Wind. Right, they're, like they're, they're all colored. But they're like the like, plush, puppy, super cute, very soft versions of them.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and they seem like they're good quality, too. Yeah. Uh, the stuff that's really cool and really good quality that they're also giving away is, like, the Winterfell desktop sculpture, which you can actually see if you're a club member in the background of of Aaron's shot here. Uh, it's kind of way up at the top, but uh, that's really cool. It's just they they went and they analyzed all the frames of it's, it's, Winterfell it's a scale from the replica show. of Winterfell, right? And it's like 14 inches across. It's and like, it's, it's it's
1: heavy, real big, and it's, it's solid. It's, heavy. it's a th- it's like there's it's limited edition. They're all hand numbered, and they got certificates of th- authenticity and like yeah, fifteen hundred cool facts made. about Winterfell.
0: Uh huh. And then they're also giving away a royal crown of Baratheon and Lannister prop replica. Where they got their hands on the actual crown that, you know, Tommen and, and Joffrey and
1: I think Rob... I think it's actually or, Joffrey's crown. It's it's because they're all three different. Like, is it? They yeah. say
0: Baratheon and Lannister. Oh, R- 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 R-
1: well, R- I mean, that's because wink, wink. <laughs> I think that's what they're trying okay. to say there. But uh, I believe I, I this is pr- it particularly the one that Joffrey wore.
0: Okay, well, now that I have it in my hands, I have actually... Notice that it does look like the one that Tommen is wearing. Oh, really? Currently. I could be wrong. Um, but anyway, what they did is they got a hold of the actual crown that they use in Game of Thrones, and they were able to make a cast of that. Mm-hmm. And it's cast in, in metal, so, like, it's real heavy. Um, it feels substantial. It's gold-plated. It it's got uh, right.
1: replica, not real gems, but they look legit. Sure. It feels, it feels weighty when you put it on your head. Yeah. Yeah. And it's got We've a badass display stand. It's essentially like four sword hilts that are propping it up so you can kind of yeah. see it in all its glory. Uh, so they're giving away one of those, which is
0: really cool. And I've got that on my shelf behind me. Uh, the House Sigil Throw, pill, throw Pillow Collection, uh-huh. also apparently hard to say. <laughs> uh, there's six of those, and they have the symbols for all of the different houses, and then they're kind of slogans on, on the, the back. the reverse side, words. yep. Uh, those are really cool. And then they're also giving away a George R.R. R. Martin Talking Plush, which has like 10 different sayings that they, they have recorded from George R. R. Martin mm-hmm. specifically for this thing. Uh, you can go to their website, factory, dot to check this thing out. Um, or just go to uh factory E N T dot bald And it will take you right to the submission form to enter this contest, uh, to win one of these awesome things. There's going to be one winner per item, uh, and, and some of these things are worth a few hundred bucks. I mean, yeah. they have
1: given away solid stuff here. Yeah, they're like air I mean, as, uh, to the extent that a Game of Thrones prop replica could be heirloom, they're heirloom quality. Yeah, for sure. They're, they're collector's items. There's
0: of, of the really nice stuff, there's only like 1,500 of them going to mm-hmm. be made, limited edition run. So, yeah, if you want to check that out, do so at factoryent.baldmove.com. Also, they've given us a coupon code for 15% off all of their Game of Thrones merchandise. That coupon code is Drogon. So if you go there and decide you want to buy some of this stuff, um, maybe don't want to take your chances with uh, just winning it, or yeah. do both: enter and also or buy stuff. If you some want something, stuff.
1: you're not giving away. For example, a hatchling Drogon plushie,
0: right? Which you've got on That's your microphone. It's currently
1: perched on my uh, microphone. Uh,
0: yeah, you, it, the only thing that you can't use that code on is the crown prop replica. And also the they do exclusive Game of Thrones giveaways for San Diego Comic Con mm. this year, so those aren't on the table, but everything else is for that that Drogon uh, coupon code. So check that out. I think it's really cool that they're giving away all this stuff. Yeah, Factoryent.baldmove.com. Uh Lady Crane reenacts the Joffrey scene once again, and uh, in this stage play she's performing in, she goes backstage. She finds an injured Arya hiding in the corner, so she takes her home, stitches up her wounds. And they talk for a bit about some fairly inconsequential stuff, and then
1: uh... talk a little bit about uh, they talked a little bit about the writer's desperate attempt to make this make sense. Right? Oh, oh I got... stabbed my
0: boyfriends. Yeah, I, like I'm a domestic abuser, and I, I then sure. practice my nursing skills. Like...
1: I, I mean, you know, they are coming home stinking of horrors. I'm not saying they don't deserve, so they to, be deserve to be stabbed. Out. No, okay. No, no, uh, no. That's I, what he's saying. <laughs> uh but but yeah. Yeah, she's gotten pretty good as an amateur stitcher upper. I guess so. So, and, and uh, here's the thing like I feel like already here we have to talk about how this plot is starting to veer off the rails because Arya is going for assistance to a woman who's marked by death by the Faceless Men. Mhm. Did she think in all her training the faceless men would be like, Whoa, well, one of our assassins failed. I guess this contract's null and void. Did she really think that this is a safe place? If so, she's real dumb. Uh, drinking the milk of the poppy. Something that's going to put her in a coma. Because some of the Arya yeah. defenders are like, Well, you don't know how long she was unconscious with the milk of the poppy. It could have been a month. <laughs> At which point I'm like, if it's a week or a month... Then my th- my thought is if the waif shows up a day earlier or is slightly more quiet in her dispatching of Lady Crane, yeah. then Arya never wakes up. Mm-hmm. How the fuck is this a good plan? And Arya's even said, oh, I shouldn't drink this milk of poppy. It's going to knock me unconscious and I'm a wanted girl. Yeah. Well, you need your sleep. Okay, glug, glug, glug. I mean, come the fuck on. This makes right. no
0: sense. No, it doesn't. Uh, I don't know. And we know that not a lot of time passes because her stitches open
1: back up once she does her, her little Yeah, it's a plot stuff. point that she's not fully healed
0: Right, so, so it can't be a month I mean, But well, even, I, if
1: it, even if it was, that's such a phenomenally stupid idea to put yourself in a medical yeah. uh, you know, a medically induced coma when you're being stalked by someone who's better than you yeah. at killing, you know, I just I, uh,
0: I get the impression it was a few days at most I would guess um, that it's a day or two
1: or a few, a few days It doesn't matter really But again, you know first thing to clean up if if uh yeah and the other idea is like i guess why is the waif still looking for aria or was she even looking for aria i mean she could have just been fulfilling aria's contract because i think oh, the wave right. thought she'd kill her
0: uh yeah but then she waits inside the house for aria to come to the living room and check it out yeah uh so i don't know uh, it's a good question, I guess,
1: whether or not she knew she was there. I think it's a valid reading, which makes it even stupider. Of Arya, that Arya was that yeah. uh, the, the, the waif was just there to finish the contract. D- dangle that loose in and like, oh, what's this? Arya's in the bedroom. Twofer. Like, well, it makes it stupid on Arya's part. Yes, like, you should have known that. Yes, indeed. Should've thought about it. The fa- the face the you know the face the the mini face God needs needs a name needs a face and you're not providing it. What the hell?
0: Yeah. Uh the other thing that puzzled me about this scene is when Arya is talking about the world of of Planetos I guess. Yes. Uh and she says earth, that nobody we, I think we established it. it's yeah. Earth. Future Earth. earth That's uh, the Masters call it. She says that nobody knows what's west of Westeros. Now you would explain to me that it's that wasn't true. It's, it's a continent of
1: Westeros. Westeros. Westeros, Westerist, Westeristos. <laughs> well, we don't know if it's Westerest. It's the most Westeros right. of the continents. Sure, Greater uh, Westeros. I thought people knew
0: that. I thought no. You had explained to me
1: that that they knew that the world was yes round. They do know it's round, but they don't know okay. what's what's lying to the uh, the easternmost. Like what's what's on off the easternmost extent of Essos. Hmm. So it's like they they don't know whether it's it's kind of like an India situation. Do you sail, you know, west from Europe and do you hit India or do you smack into the Americas? Well, until you sail, you don't really know, right? But how did they?
0: So they deduce from like horizon
1: lines and orbits and shit that that the world must be round. I think I mean that's what people have told me. I don't have any direct knowledge because because okay. I have the Fair. world of ice and fire, but it's like crazy long, and I've read the parts that interest me, but I'm not. It's not. It's it's kind of like reading an encyclopedia. Uh-huh. Like, it's it's uh, it's uh not designed to just, like, sit down and just read for pleasure. It's more like a right. research tome. But apparently there are things in there that says that the maesters understand that the world is round.
0: Okay. And I suppose Arya could not – just not know that. Like, but wait, I, I, she
1: looks at the maps and she says, well, that's all they show West. Well, but that's what I'm saying. Like, um – so, I don't know. I mean, it, it seems like modern scholarship of Christopher Columbus says that not only did people know that the Earth was round at the time, but they also knew relatively how big it was. Now, no one knew that, um, except for maybe the Vikings, that the Americas lay in between Europe and India, but they knew that there was, like, a big, big, big voyage. Hmm. Okay. Um, so, it's like, I think that, like, if she looks at the map, it could just be, like, a big blank spot where no one really knows. There could be a continent there. There could not be. Who knows? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Plus, yeah, she's she left her home at five or six and or seven, and probably didn't get that much educated on geography anyway. Yeah, and she does specifically say, "Oh, the maps show this." Sure. So here they be, Krakens.
0: Uh, all right. Next scene: a couple of thugs who run with the guys who killed the Hounds group um, teach some kid to kiss. Yeah. Then the Hound shows up and
1: kills them all. It's just a f- <laughs> finger up your ass. That's the that's that's the, that's trick the secret. Uh, not only is this guy shit at kissing, he's shit at dying. Yeah. I did like that. I like the, it's like, really? Fuck you? That's the best you can do? (laughs) Sure. Uh,
0: I was super excited to see this scene. I mean, the, the hound rampaging, I love it. Love every second of it. Uh, and combined with, you know, the mountain rampaging later on.
1: Well, and they set it up with him chopping the wood. Like, you just knew how vicious and efficient he was at it. And, like, just him you know lumbering up from the background of that axe it's like oh you know this is going to be good right and then it was <laughs> so yeah that right oof, axe blow right to the nuts and then oh yeah th- then just everything that fell out like i feel like uh oof, yeah brutal. it's a bad
0: scene uh, it's but, a great scene
1: uh, right i really loved watching it <laughs> it's a horror show is what
0: it was uh i don't know how much more you want to say about that i think that's about it okay so we go to Tyrion and Varys, they see they're walking through Marine and they see a red priest singing Danny's praises to the people, saying she's sent by the red god. Um, and Tyrion gloats over his success, uh, how his plan is working perfectly.
1: It does seem like it is at this point. Like yeah, Marine has come right. back to life as he says.
0: Yeah, Varys is a little more skeptical though. He's like, "Uh, eh, don't count your chickens before the hound comes to the room." Yeah. Uh and then he sees Varys off on some expedition that he's going on.
1: Yeah. I I surmised he's going to Westeros for some unknown purposes. Okay. Uh do you think So the other thing I wanted, you know, since it's going to be hard for me to pick up things to just appraise the show for, I was struck the second time I was watching this just by how cool it was the scene of Tyrion standing like like I guess we should feel lucky that there is a character or there's a guy like Peter Dinklage or just happens to be around this very accomplished thespian dwarf that can fully embody this guy. Yeah. There's this very complicated and awesome character of Tyrion Lannister. Mm-hmm. Like that is kind of amazing, and he looks awesome, and I just got this like this wave of pleasure. Like that is exa- I mean, I know he's not exactly how he's described in the books. He's a lot more ugly, and he's got his nose cut off and all that shit. Mm-hmm. But still, Hollywooded up to... It, it's. Uh, I just want to take a moment to appreciate how awesome it is just to see that character. Yeah, he's great, and
0: I love this moment between him and Varys. I, I mean, you know, there's no cock jokes involved. Nope. There's no dwarf jokes. It's just... You know... Genuine affection. Right, but not
1: overtly expressed. Just kind of implied, which I really
0: like in those scenes. I
1: also think, because you you talk about the cock jokes, I felt like there were some really missed opportunities. Like, I know you and I were thinking, oh, you put Varys and Tyrion together, and they're kind of in charge. Yeah. There's no king that you have to worry about offending. There's no other small council. Like, you can just... I guess I'm a little disappointed at the end of this particular part of the plot that we didn't get to see more crazy political maneuvering. Like yeah. it's essentially, uh, get a, get have a, a state sponsored church and make a desperate, a alli- lot or not Alliance, but peace treaty with the, our enemies that backfires that backfires. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he didn't have much success. I would say kind of
0: disappointing a little bit, it's it's implied that maybe this red priest stuff is not going to go as he plans. Well, I mean that's uh, the the pact with the slavers already didn't go as he planned. I think he's I, failed pretty miserably.
1: Although I gotta say, I don't think that I'm not willing to judge Tyrion too harshly on that because it's not if, if he made didn't make the peace, then the sons of harpies continue tearing the city from within. Uh-huh. So and who's to say? Like Grey Worm seems like a competent commander, and he's got several thousand unsullied in a very defensible position. Like it's entirely possible that the attack would sputter out. Now it would just devastate the city. Oh yeah. But I don't. If, if Tyrion doesn't do that, then how does the game play out?
0: And I think there's civil very much... war
1: within the city. Like that's not good either. Right. I do think he bought some time for Danny to get back, and um, that which seems, is important. Yeah. So like I don't. So the, so I guess that's that's the big question, is are they putting up this, this red priestess and priest gambit to be a debacle on the order of the uh the harpies coming to reclaim their property, or are we to understand that Tyrion bought the time needed for Danny to come back and put an end to all this?
0: Yeah, I I don't know. I mean I I think it's supposed to be somewhat negative, um for, for Tyrion. Well, that's what skills, Gray. I mean, that, but
1: that we we think that because that's what Grey Worm and Missandei are saying. Like, I told well, you so. This is exactly what's going to happen. But and
0: Varys. I mean, Varys doesn't trust yeah, the Red Priest. True. Like, I think Varys is a good indicator of. You know, it's not a terrible plan, but it's
1: it's not as firm as Tyrion thinks it is had a few dozen people email me with the idea that it's highly suspicious that Varys gets the fuck out of Dodge right before the ships start raining fire upon the city. It is. Is Varys up to... I mean, we've always wondered, is Varys uh, really for the realm? And if he is for the realm, is this part of his long con?
0: It's a good question. I... I couldn't tell you for sure. Yeah, I feel but like it is awfully convenient.
1: I feel like you have to acknowledge that that is a little bit of the uh, bald eunuch in the room, <laughs> <laughs> right? At the timing, if Littlefinger did that, we'd be like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, cut to him on the boat twirling the mustache, <laughs> like he, the Varys. You know, he's got no hair, so he's got yeah. no mustache to twirl. It's true, and he's never had to shave. Apparently, no. Well, so, I guess that's a part. That's, that's a time that's, saver. That's one of the good things about having your testicles forcibly removed when you're yeah. a boy. You just never develop the testosterone necessary to grow hair.
0: Yeah, he never really looks on the bright side of it.
1: Yeah. That Varys. He's, yeah. he's kind of a negative Nancy. Always talking about the <laughs> demonology used with your dick, <laughs> you know? Yeah.
0: Come on. All right, Qyburn tells Cersei that the Faith Militant are here, and she goes out to meet them. They tell her that the High Septon has commanded her to meet him in the Sept, and she refuses, and when... Uh, once one of Lancel's guys tries to, you know, coerce Cersei to come by putting an axe in the mountain's chest, the mountain rips his head off. (laughs) Literally. Literally rips his head off, uh, nothing but his bare hands, and then the other faith militant don't really press their luck on this issue, they kind of retreat.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And I love, I mean... Was it Brian Cogman directed? I think he did the directed his last two. If not, forgive me. It's one of the other regulars. But um, I think it's Mark. My
0: oh, Milad.
1: That's right, Milad. Um, yeah. It's just, pardon I, me, Mark. Uh, I love the way he filmed this, like from unconventional angles. Like we got the gutter cam of the blood running down, right. and the mountains slowly rising from the wreckage of this guy's corpse. Uh, pretty good. Like, yeah. And I, the, the finger twitching in the blood
0: pool. Yeah. Like, like It really impressed upon you that. Lancel and his guys don't want any part of this.
1: I kind of wish. It's a bad scene. If if I, I was I guess if I was ex- had any expectation to be that the mountain would kill everyone except for except maybe Lancel to send the message. But ripping the dude's head off was pretty cool. That sent a message. Yeah, definitely. And
0: also the mountain the mountain doesn't have really any will, right? He doesn't want to go in there and uh, yeah. kill everybody. He's just he's just doing what he needs to do to stop People from killing Cersei. So I mean, that's like, an
1: assumption, but it seems like a safe one. Like we 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 try to pin down. We've tried to pin down exactly what the mountain can and can't do, and what kind of right thought processes and 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 I mean, like what does he what is what does he see and think about?
0: Yeah, I mean, it seems to me he was just trying to uh, stop the violence against Cersei here. And that was literally the only thing he cared
1: about. Like, if you look out through the mountain's eyes, do you see essentially T-800 vision, only ex- it's know. like in, in medieval script. You know? Right, yeah. It's got some Skyrim language there. Yeah, so. exactly. It's just runes. <laughs>
0: uh, all right, let's move on to Brienne and Podrick. They show up at River Run, and uh, there's a few scenes here, one with Podrick and Bronn. Um, Bronn's pestering him and speculating about whether Jamie and Brienne are fucking, and then he decides to teach Podrick how to fight dirty. Uh this is a really good scene. It's it's just a lot of fun.
1: Do you did you think it was interesting that Jamie just a previous episode berated Defray's for not having effective scouts that allowed an army of eight thousand to march without being challenged and Brienne and Pod get within sight, within three football fields of Jamie's camp before his outriders come up and say, Who goes there? like no, I thought they were doing mm-hmm. effectively doing what they were supposed to do. I don't know. The fact that the, you got within sight of the camp is the, because that's not effective enough warning if, say, there was like 4,000 people here coming, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, uh, yeah. I, I think you're right. I think that was the show's version of this is an effective scouting and Jamie knows what he's doing. But to me, I'm like, yeah. if, there's not much difference between letting someone ride into your camp and letting them ride within 300 feet of your camp.
0: I imagine if it was... An army of four thousand people, they wouldn't have.
1: Well, maybe that's uh, true. Maybe they'd been watching the whole time and just challenged them, and you know, when they I realized don't... they were
0: headed toward them.
1: Yeah, there was just two people. Yeah, the nitpick no withdrawn. Okay, <laughs> yeah,
0: got me. uh But it, it is funny how you know Podrick identifies this as a siege, <laughs> and and you know it looks like a siege now, and yeah. Brand's like, well, no shit. Yeah, right.
1: <laughs> Do tell. Yeah, it's funny that J- Jamie does seem like he's allowing the phrase to have the primacy, though. Like I noticed that the closest encircling is still the phrase "pitiful mud tents." That's not and a bad idea, I guess not. Yeah, like you know, our forces—we'll just hang back a little bit. Sure, oh, we'll tell true. you how to set
0: up so when the fighting starts, that's you lose true. your guys.
1: When when they start shooting the flaming arrows and shit, it's gonna yeah. be your yeah yeah. That's that's wow. So wow. maybe
0: he's he's doing the smart thing there doesn't want to lose Key his own guys military mind you have there jim uh, right yeah i need to be brand's
1: uh squire i guess <laughs> would you fuck her <laughs> i'd at least show her my dick <laughs> you know not like overtly but no. just kind of like oh you caught me peeing my lady i'm sorry <laughs> right didn't know you were there
0: i feel like i'm not doing my job if i if everyone hasn't seen my dick <laughs> Uh, all right, let's move on to Brienne and Jamie because they're by far the most important okay. part of this. Uh, Brienne asks Jamie to try and let her persuade the blackfish to surrender the castle and go up and help Sansa instead. And Jamie agrees, and Brienne tries to give his sword back, but he says, don't want it. it, it it's yours now. It will always be yours. Uh, and before leaving, she tells Jamie that, look, if, if I can't persuade the blackfish to surrender, I'm going to have to fight against you. I'm honor-bound. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I guess it's good that it didn't go down that way.
1: Yeah. Um, and I think it's interesting. There's a lot of cool things here. The fact that Jamie's word means something to Brienne, yeah. but it means literally nothing to everyone else. Right. Like, to both Edmure and the Blackfish, they both are very skeptical about this guy's it's word. It's less
0: than nothing. It's like they scoff at it, right? Yeah. Like, oh, oh, oh your the word. Kingslayer's given me his, his word. Ah, the
1: Oathbreaker, yeah. Okay, great, great. <laughs> Uh, I mean yeah, it's hard to come back from you have an oath to protect the kid. It's your one job. Yeah. And even if you have good reason, it's like, eh, you know, I'm sure you'll have a good reason to betray me in the future as well. Right. Um But I like that they're doing this thing with Jamie too, where you know, Jamie's back to not really truly knowing who he is. Like he's he's like, okay, I I want to be like my dad. I want to be like Tywin Lannister, uh, and my and and I love my sister. And my sister says I need to lead, so I'm going to try to remember what it was like. What my dad was like, and see what he would do in this situation. Oh, but here's Brienne, and I forgot about her. She's the example of like knights that are actually chivalrous and honorable, and they and they keep their word. And like, I can't believe she's still alive. Right, and she completed her mission. Like, maybe there is something to this shit. He's really torn between the both truths like he mm-hmm. wants to aspire to be this knight. that's the kind of knight that he trained under and he aspired to be but he also loves his sister and his sister's kind of a terrible person and his family's kind of terrible yeah yeah it's true
0: i mean she's like, not great
1: I, I i got a quite a bit of feedback of, of people um decrying the kind of like backwards character development of jamie but i feel like this is just you know he's changing as the situations and has his environment and it's natural. It's like it's you know it's like those um, foxhole conversions or deathbed conversions. If you uh, miraculously survive that event, when he gets his arm cho- chopped off and he's laid low, and then despite all odds, he becomes he's got his golden hand and now he's wearing all his fine Lannister armor. I feel it's believable that you would kind of forget some of the promises and high-minded ideals you had when you're at your darkest hour.
0: Yeah, sure, I could see that. Um, it, it's also. I like the the symbolism of this sword here, right? It's not just a sword to him. Yeah. It's like it's almost a piece of himself that he's given to Brienne. You and, know?
1: and he called it Oathkeeper. He and he rejects he rejects it. I think that's very symbolic too. Like it's not just that he wants Brienne to have it, but you know this thing is symbolic of of oaths and and things that knights take serious should take seriously, right? And he knows in his heart of hearts that he's not ready to do that, or he And can't. Brienne is, and Brienne sure. is so and like, has, yeah. yeah, like I, I, I can't accept this because it's not doesn't match up with who I am, right? Uh, then we get a scene of Brienne trying to convince the Blackfish to
0: surrender, and you know, there's there's kind of this drawn out argument and like. The Blackfish is very stubborn about it, and though he believes her story after she shows him the letter from Sansa, and he's like, oh, she's just like Catelyn, yeah. uh, he still refuses. And then Brienne tells Podrick to send Sansa a letter stating that I failed. Sure, because you did. Yeah, that, that's a shame. You know, I hate to see Brienne failing in her her mission. But, yeah. Uh, it, it seemed like the only outcome for this. I couldn't imagine the Blackfish actually surrendering. He's just such a stubborn guy.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, on the other hand, it feels weird narratively that he dies for precisely nothing. Like, once well, Edmure not- was let back into the castle, and he was clear he's going to surrender. Like, I get like wanting this, stay true to your school until then. But once that, and like, you literally are going to spend the rest of your life as a hostage in this war, or you can ride north and, and whatever help you can give, even as a recruiting tool, like the fact that the blackfish is right. standing by your side and maybe you can recruit from the Riverlands, like that's a little bit more legitimacy. It's kind of puzzling to me. I get he's a stubborn old bastard. Yeah. But it does seem pretty short-sighted. And and, and maybe that's the thing with him. Like he is one of those Ned Stark types or honor. And yeah. mar- especially martial honor is worth more than anything. And... Right. You know Ned compromised because he wanted to keep his daughter safe. He's not ready to compromise to keep someone else's daughter safe, right?
0: And I, I, you know, unlike the Arya stuff, I don't feel like this mistake that he makes here of staying is is a problem because no. it, it is very true to what we've yes. seen of him as a character.
1: It's it's not a false character moment. It's more of like right. God, why did you just like Ned? Yeah. You know, why did you have to do the things you had to do? Right. But you do, because, you know, that's who you are. And he makes a good point. You know that, that Sansa
0: is trying to take her home back, and he understands yeah. that, and that's exactly why he won't leave here. Right. And go help her, because this is his home. So, uh, I don't know. It make, makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, agreed. His his reasoning, even though it was a senseless death. Agreed. And then we go over to Cersei, in, uh, she she's walking into the throne room for a royal announcement, and she tries to approach the... Uh, throne to take her
1: place by Tom side, but Kevin jumps in her way. Oh, Kevin sliced her up a nice, nice heaping slice of condescension. Yeah, oh, yeah. Why wasn't Your I place enfo- is in the gallery? Well, it's like <laughs> she goes, like, "Goes, there's a royal announcement. Why wasn't I informed? There's a royal announcement right that's happening right now. <laughs> you dick! Like, oh god, it's so good. Yeah, uh, the announcement, and, and it, it makes sense because I feel like Kevin was kind of on her and Jamie's side about this plan. Like he believed in it. Now he doesn't have a son back. The High Septon has an even tighter grip on it. It's like gone like you fucked it up again. Yeah, against my better judgment, I backed your play, and that, like I don't feel like it came from nothing. Right, and I like that that he's like super dick to her because it's like look what you did. And look I get the
0: impression did. that he thinks the city may be off better off without her. Oh yeah, at this point, I so, actually agree with him. Right. Yeah, I, I think. These people don't need Cersei in charge of things.
1: But this was, like, essentially a abbreviated version of the speech Lady Olenna gave it to him. Yeah. You know, it's like, that was the two people he conspired with, and they're both saying, you're shit. You're shit at this. Not, not going to even give you a chance to fuck up by... St- no, get into the gallery with the rest of the...
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Irrelevant women whose opinions don't matter in this <laughs> feudal, patriarchal society. Obviously. Yes. Uh,
0: yeah, and I don't mean to say, like, I think the city is better off under the Faith Militant or or the High Septon. But I think better off without Cersei. better off without Cersei. Just leave it at that. Yeah. Uh, so the announcement starts off relatively benign. Hey, we're going to do this on the first day of
1: Easter celebration. He or sure whatever does have a boner about this twin pillar stuff, right?
0: Yeah, like I mean, he's he, talking like, about
1: it a lot, I, all the damn time. The like faith that's that's the crown. That's how he likes to start his speeches. Yeah. It uh, lends legitimacy, too. I'm sure the high
0: septon has been, like, in his ear. You know, okay, when you start your speeches, yeah. remember to mention the
1: pillars. Yeah, Do the, it. The pillars is a crowd pleaser. Yeah. Really,
0: they love it. They,
1: they... We've taken the polls. We have our our guys out in the streets asking. Yeah, the the phallic imagery, the twin phallic, <laughs> just really gets them going, man. Got, gotta lead with the pillars. Always lead with the pillars.
0: Uh, so he does. He leads with the pillars and the date of the trial. But he also follows that up with... The pronouncement that trial by combat is no longer a thing we do. It's just we're done with that. That was the old. That was uh, people wrongfully putting in place these procedures that are an abomination, essentially.
1: No man is so accursed as a hype slayer, (laughs) Common. Right? You're doomed. Uh, And and the thing is, like, the second time I watched this, I'm like, well, you're not wrong, this was a system put in place by the powerful to skirt ideas of justice and whatnot. But on the other hand, Cleganebowl, man, right? What the fuck? Yeah, he's certainly slaying the hype. Do you think? And I know this is a um, we'll be talking more about this in the feedback section. But do you think the Cleganebowl is well and truly dead, or do you think that the Hound and the Mountain are going to meet, but just not fighting for Cersei's honor?
0: Uh, I I think it's still you know it's as live as the hound was after he fell off that cliff okay it's looking bad yeah it's got and, you know, a fever up through his shoulders while, yeah but it might come back okay uh yeah but i i certainly think not in i don't think cersei's going to talk to tommen and get him to reverse this no, decision i no. think that the the trial by combat is dead it's always kind of been a silly thing anyway in my mind uh <laughs> Yeah, that's true. An awesome did it. thing, but a they, and, silly and also
1: thing. it's kind of it would feel like a Death Star too, right? Like, oh, well, I guess yeah. this is cool, but man, it's, is it going to be cooler than Oberin versus the mountain, right? So maybe it's better. It's all for the best that if it if it's going to happen, it's not going to happen. Yeah,
0: that I, way. I do. I'm starting to really, really dislike Tommen. he's just so weak and so foolish yeah and i just like as much as you know and it makes sense joffrey was hated and i I, trust me i hate joffrey way more than i hate tommen i just think i wish tommen would grow a pair and just fucking not not let everybody chattering in his ear influence all his decisions he's 14 i know i know it sucks this is why kid rulers don't make sense sure Sure. And when you combine it with Lady Mormont last episode, I don't know what to think.
1: Yeah, well, you know, you know he should have been uh, raised as a fucking bear. I guess so. Not a lion.
0: Uh, the other thing in the scene, I mean, this is such a serious betrayal by Tommen because, especially when paired with the the speech that Jamie gives to Edmure later about how Cersei would do anything for her children, and we know that's yes, that's her major concern. All along, uh, her safety too.
1: I still, her I still, power. I still haven't backed down from what I said in the instant cast. That I do feel like that there is because I don't think Kevin, like I think Kevin hates Cersei, but he doesn't want to see her dead. Okay, so it wouldn't surprise me if we find out that Tommen essentially is saying, you know, she's got the mountain, which means she'll avoid all justice. And my mom does need to be brought down a peg or two or three. So, like I said, he looked guilty. But not like, I've killed my mom, I've signed my mom's death warrant killed. Now, that could be that this is just going to be another, you know, f- some more fuckery about a High Septon, and he does try to have Cersei executed. I don't know. I feel like he's going to try to kill her. Why? Because Cersei, I mean, here's the thing that I I, I resist this. Because do you think the High Septon, do you think the High Sparrow is a s- smart, astute political person? Mm-hmm. At least as smart as Lady Olena. It seems like that they, he, he, when he challenged her last season, kind of proclaimed himself her equal and then he beat her. Lady Olena is able to correctly assess Cersei's situation, which is you have no power, you have nothing. You right. have nothing but this fucking mountain. I think the High Sparrow knows that. And after the guy's head got ripped off, he's like, you know what? I'm just going to completely alienate her from everyone and just let her be irrelevant.
0: I mean, I suppose probably so. a
1: dangerous move, but I think that's what he's thinking.
0: Well, I, OK, so I think the biggest things that he needs to be afraid of, um, the, the biggest thing is other people's influence over Tommen, who really is his only his only piece in this chess game. Right. Um, that, that has any power. So if Marjorie can convince Tommen to go against him, if Cersei can convince Tommen to go against him. Yeah, that's the only way he loses this game. I guess that's um, so
1: true as well.
0: But it is it is you know a tightrope where if, if he kills ki- Cersei, he might lose Tommen. Exactly. He probably would lose. Tommen. That's what I'm saying. So I, I feel guess like the
1: safe play is to just really kick her while she's down and make sure she stays there. Yeah. But not kill her, which might turn Tommen against him.
0: Okay, I can see that. That does seem like the smart thing. Yeah. Uh, and and you know it really ringing in my ears and i hope in cersei's ears here are the advice that Elena gave her last episode which is get the fuck out of here sure if you're smart you'll leave uh you have no power and she didn't and now she's kind of fucked i mean yeah. she can't leave now yeah i mean unless she can you know fight her way to a boat with the mountain and just get out of the city yeah but well, i don't see that happening
1: no well yeah yeah i don't either Like, I can imagine the Faith Militant are everywhere. I I guess I kind of, that's the one thing I like about the dismissal of the popular theory of of the Clegane Bowl is that I do feel like, for the first time in several episodes, where I really don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Like, King's Landing is a real question mark for me right now. There's a lot of people with ideas and theories, but it seems like, uh, you know, they're back to, oh, I'm back to the just enjoyment of watching the show and see what happens.
0: Okay, cool. Uh, there is that final part of this scene where Kybern tells Cersei that he has investigated this rumor she heard about and that there's more to it. In fact, there's much more to it. Yeah. Uh, I talked about on the instant cast how I think this is wildfire. I think you're right.
1: Because uh, of some of the visions that we saw from Bran. And I, also I just think... the old rumor and some people dug up some quotes from Jamie from the previous season that maybe seems the... To, to match up with this and when she says there's an old rumor or something more and he goes oh more much more that definitely doesn't seem like it applies to Tyrion it seems like it applies mm-hmm. to a quantity of something yeah and if you with the old rumor and kind of i suppose you could say oh it goes deeper it goes the, much deeper yeah you know, like and, maybe... and and but the with the wildfire vision I think you're right i think yeah. you're right and there's several suggestions in the feedback about how that might how okay. about that come to play? Do I, I want to
0: I mean, I go with my own, but I don't want to serve up too much. Nah, pie do here. it. Do it. Bad Baker Jim is going to serve up some pie. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> the some rat The of pie. Uh, so I think what's going to happen is during her trial, she might actually try to sacrifice herself to take out all of these, uh, the, the Septon and yeah. all, all of his dudes, Faith Militant, uh, by burning the Sept. Yeah. And that might get away from her. Like... Oh, there's sure. much more wildfire than we thought. Oops, we burnt it all. Well, and... there's also
1: this 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 uh, conspicuous mention of the king in 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 chambers praying. Like, oh right, yeah. It could be that she thinks that Tommen is somewhere safe. And he's actually, and he's actually, actually the sept. at the Septon praying, yeah. and it'd be really I can just really see a knife twisting moment where you find out like from. His POV, Tommen is actually praying for his mother's deliverance. Uh-huh. And then the green fire, whoosh, it's like, yeah. And then, yeah, right. She'll accidentally kill him. Uh, I don't know how the little brother stuff
0: comes into this prophecy, but, like... Right. Um, it, you know, the, the witch tells her that her all three of her kids are going to die before, sure. and then she she's going to as well. So maybe, like, they both die in that scene. And then that's that's a fulfillment of the prophecy, and it's also brutal for Jamie because he's out doing something that he that Cersei sent him to do sure. to get back to her again, uh-huh. once again, and she's not there when he gets back. She's dead, and yeah. it, she's dead probably because he left her. Right. Like, that'd be pretty gut-wrenching for him.
1: Yeah, it definitely put Game of Thrones back to its track of lots of big deaths and emotional <laughs> weight to them. Yeah. And just kind of how fucked up that whole situation is. Yeah, so that's so, my yeah, best I think, guess. I think that's a good sketch of probably what's going to happen.
0: Okay. Uh, let's move on to Tyrion, pouring Grey Worm and Missandei some wine and telling some jokes. He toasts the queen and forces him to drink, then starts uh, starts in on his jokes, which gets Missandei into the spirit, you know, both with the wine and the jokes. And she tells a joke, and even by the end of it, Grey Worm joins in. And eventually they're interrupted by bells, signaling the arrival of an enemy fleet.
1: I did enjoy, at this point on Reddit, that Tyrion never can tell the story of the honeycomb <laughs> and a jackass. Did yeah, you see that? I did. I forgot this, but in season one, when he's kind of stalling before Lysa's court, he starts telling this story, and she says, silence enough for whatever, right as he <laughs> right. gets to this point. So it's like, he's just never going to be able to tell the honeycomb and a jackass and what they're doing in the brothel. Yeah. Uh, I'd like this scene more the second time through, because... And almost solely because there's this moment where he's making them drink, which is whatever. But then he talks about how when he goes back to Westeros, he'd like to have his own vineyard. And it's the Imp's Delight, which what's the odds that HBO is going to have an officially licensed Imp's Delight before next season? Yeah, they already have licensed beers. I know. Why not just go licensed The gang, yeah. Yeah. I know. I, I, there's a couple people emailed It's like, I don't, it's like this pre-product placement sits, doesn't sit well with us. But it's like. I don't care. Whatever. Right. I'd. I I I would, believe that, I would I would buy a twenty dollar bottle of Imps Delight.
0: I also Why believe not? that Tyrion would want a vineyard. Like, sure, he's dedicated himself to wine but th- pretty thoroughly th- but that, already. That,
1: that, they're talking about product pl- in universe product placement is a little gauche, I guess is what they're trying to say.
0: Right. I I mean, it's not
1: like he's drinking a Pepsi, right? This is right. like within character too. And by the way, have I told you about Casper? Bit no. uh, so. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not one to talk about product placement and advertising. Sure, but. I do think yes. I think it 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 it's one of those things where it's like it's it's not like uh, you know Spock Hawking is symbol of infinite diversity thing in the original start where it's just out of nowhere and like buy this trinket. It's like mm-hmm. yeah, Game of Thrones fans probably like to drink wine. Um, Tyrion likes to drink wine. This is something inconsistent with his character. And also to get to the point, I really wanted to make, I thought. When he's going into this revelry, and he's like, only my close friends can drink it, and then it, like, really sobers him up, because he's like, shit. Yeah. My closest friend is probably Braun, and he don't like me that way. Like, it's a okay. pure, like, I like think he's like, my closest friends might be these two people in the room, who are essentially robots, and I'm forcing to drink with me. Yeah. Like, that was a really sobering thing that I, you know, I don't I don't have anybody. I've got this I vineyard as Insta-Light. I, I, could, I could see Braun as a friend. I could see Varys as a
0: friend. Yeah, I guess now. Varys. Uh, but yeah, then Good Grey Worm and Missandei. That's pretty much it. Yeah. He doesn't have to make much wine, Yeah, although he drinks a lot.
1: Uh, I hope him and Jamie reconcile. Yeah. Maybe over a, a glass of insta delight. That'd be great. But that, that's what worked for me, because the jokes are like, you know, whatever. I guess it, it was fun to see Sandy and Grey Worm kind of loosen up, and Grey, Grey Worm trying to tell his not-joke-joke, joke, <laughs> yeah. but... It's the emotional point of him just realizing, oh God, my life is really depressing, uh, yeah. and I've I've kind of hidden behind, I've been in that a uh, 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 wine soaked haze to try to shield myself from this reality, mm-hmm. and it's just oh damn it, it just creeped in on the edges. I don't like it. That's pretty good, <laughs> pretty pretty subtle performance too.
0: Yeah, and I do like uh, Grayworm kind of seeing how much Miss is enjoying this, and he likes seeing her laughing, and and his his yeah. jokes and the wine are making making her happy and therefore making him happy. Yes. I, they're doing a little bit of connective stuff here. Yep. Um, with a relationship that I didn't really buy last season.
1: So. Yeah. And like I said, I like the the, the first time they did this, I bitched about it, but then I liked it when I thought it, we you know a couple of listeners pointed out that this is consistent with how he tries to break the ice. Like that's how he rolled with Braun and uh, Shea, And now he's trying mm-hmm. to replicate that with these people and it's not working, but that's kind of his go-to. So yeah. Uh, I got to show grudging respect for this part of the plot.
0: Okay. Then we go to Jaime trying to convince Edmure to help end the siege by uh, convincing the Blackfish to surrender. He refuses, of course. And then Jaime explains that he needs to end this siege to get back to Cersei because he loves her like um, she loves her children. And, of course, like Catelyn loved her children. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that he'll kill absolutely everyone to do so. Mm -hmm. And that, that convinces him. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, yeah,
1: This is a great scene. I like the structure of it, of essentially Edmure playing the part of the audience, where it's like, get to the fucking point. And Jamie's like, no. You're no, my prisoner. I'm building to my point, and it's going to be more the awesome for it. Uh, because you, get, mm-hmm. you know Jamie's been genteel, and he's saying, like, hey, I'll feed and clothe you, and maybe you and your kid can. He did offer him like, uh, some kind of parole at Casterly Rock, didn't he? Was that what he offered him? Uh, that's a good question. I thought, I thought I he was trying to play this like carrot and, uh-huh. and Edmure just wasn't taking it. So then Jamie just slowly rounded in to, and this, this just goes back to him telling the phrase, only a fool makes a threat that he's not prepared to carry out. Mm-hmm. So when he f- fully levels with Edmure and says, I'm going to take, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to send for your baby boy and I'm going to launch him over to castle walls and I'll uh-huh. kill every single fucking member of your family until you're all dead. If that's what it takes to get back to my sister. Yeah. It really sold the moment And it's also the duality of Jamie. He's this vicious But the Brienne is his wistful longing That he didn't have to be Or maybe he doesn't And this is just a cycle he's trapped in I don't know
0: Yeah, and I mean I take him seriously during the speech I'm I I'm think you're Edinburgh. a
1: fool if you don't Yeah because, that and that's the thing, and, and also the fact when he says the things we do for love, the mm-hmm. last time he said this, he threw an eight-year-old out of a castle window. <laughs> right. So, like, I think that's an extra, like, if you were, if you're a Jamie fan, which I count myself, a, and a lot of people try to make a lot of excuses for Jamie's behavior, and it's he's a pitiable character, like, you can empathize with him, mm-hmm. but this is just a reminder that this is the same Jamie that does shit like that. Yeah. That, that, that this is not bluffing and oh well we'll go to a different plan if edmure stands strong no this is something that he's he will carry out this plot mm-hmm. and and i thought i thought that was i thought it was excellent and it really you know and it also you know just a lot of people saying ah oh, the, the you know edmure's like bitched out and all this and, and that is like you know when he goes back to the castle surrenders but You know, you think about it in terms of, like, Lord Glover's speech from last episode about how the, you know, the Starks, like, he supported the Starks, and he was true blue, and he's ready to die for him. And now, since everything's happened, he's, like, really regretted that decision. Edmure might be the right kind of lord. Like, if you're his bannerman, would you rather him take this kind of peace with dignity, or would you rather fight a doomed, scorched earth that's going to probably get you all killed and this house decimated? They like, will, I mean, I... Like, Edmure, he chills for 15, 20 years. What's the odds that he can't rally the... River? Like, the Freys are going to... Like, especially after, like, um, you know, Walter Frey dies. Mm-hmm. Everything's up for grabs again. Like, I, if, if I right. wait and bide my... It's like, what's the odds that the Freys are going to fuck things up? Pretty high, especially uh-huh. once old Walter dies and it's his bunch of idiot he's... sons. Mm-hmm. Like, like, that's a smart play. The blackfish is the one that's stupid, and yet... right. You know the audience is conditioned to believe the Blackfish is the one that's you know valiant and true, and but right, it's it's maybe
0: more noble to to kind of fight to the death, but but it's foolish just as well. Just like like
1: Jorah said about Rhaegar, yeah, he was noble and he fought bravely and he died, right? Uh, where guys like Varys and Littlefinger are the survivors. So I, I hmm. actually uh, came to greater appreciation of Edmure's not just his personal stakes, but his capability as a lord. Mm-hmm. you know like it feels like that he's a better lord than a lot of these other ones we root for yeah uh so
0: jamie's speech obviously does convince him he to de- end the siege he goes up to the gate he demands entry and over the blackfish protestations they let him in because it turns out he's the rightful lord of riverrun uh Edmure then immediately surrenders the castle to jamie and demands that the blackfish is handed over to the phrase blackfish sees brienne and pod off in a boat but stays behind to fight to the death then Jamie finds out that the Blackfish died fighting and waves to Brienne as she leaves down the river.
1: Yeah, I wonder this guy, the, his Castilian, the the head of the defense of Riverrun, he seems like he's really bummed out that they're just laying down their arms, but you think, in five years, will he be the anti-Glover? It's like, you know what? My, I thought he was crazy when he did this, and it was a bitter pill to swallow to let those Freys into our, and the Lannisters into our home, but... You know, now we're laying siege to the twins and look aware think, you know, it's like you just right. never know.
0: And does this do anything? Is, is Jamie kind of on a road to recovering his reputation a bit by actually keeping his word here? I don't. That's a good, that's a good. At least in his mind. Like, I don't want to say, oh, yeah, in the world, he's definitely yeah, becoming he known as someone who keeps his oath.
1: He didn't, yeah, it's it's weird that, like, I, absolutely, I will send your firstborn over these walls. But, yeah, like, he didn't lie or beguile or anything. He yeah. said, these are these are the terms, and if you're not going to accept them, then now here's what's going to happen. You might be on to something. Because, so
0: maybe in his own head, he's like, I'm going to do something here that restores my reputation a bit. A bit. That that starts that road, you know that path.
1: But but where is he going? Is he going to, towards the route of Tywin, or is he going to something better?
0: Right. I Does he just he want to earn back the his house, his house, or you know his family saying Lannisters always pay their debts? Yep. Uh, I don't know. He's still got a lot of work to do there with uh, Braun in that category.
1: Yeah, and it's it's we'll a pretty chilling happens. scene where you see all the. You know, the the Lannisters goose stepping into the, yeah. the River Run and all the River Run guys piling up their arms and armor and big. And it's.
0: It, and they show what idiots the phrase are here because he's like, oh, if, if you're wrong, you've surrendered our most valuable. Pre- I, fuck I, I, yourself. I was hoping already... gave
1: him another black eye because, yeah. Like, <laughs> well, really? I'm glad he doesn't even dignify it with a response because right. this
0: guy's an idiot. Like, you've already played that card, it didn't work. Now we're playing yes. my game. Like, yes. this is the only move we
1: have. That prisoner this means nothing. Work. If it doesn't work, then we're going to do what we were going to do anyway, which exactly. is, you know, pill every last of these guys out and kill them. So, yeah. Um, it is a bummer that Blackfish dies in an entirely futile gesture. I guess that's the yeah. big bummer. It was just for no good end. It's his own and, honor, And we I guess. didn't even get to see, like, an. I'm like, it wasn't even awesome in yeah. the way, like, Barristan and Selmy went out. It was just. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to fight these guys. I haven't fought in a long time. I'm old. I'll probably cock it up. And I guess he did. I guess
0: so. Yeah, it doesn't sound like there would have been much to see anyway. Yeah, it would have been a guy getting run through.
1: Yeah, it's a bummer though. It's a bummer.
0: Yeah, I can't help but think how much Edmure looks
1: just like Luke Wilson too. Like <laughs> really? Oh my god! I guess his a face bit. in certain shots
0: looks just like him.
1: I didn't thought that the Blackfish and Edmure showed a very strong familial resemblance yeah i was kind of amazed it was like wow the casting people did a really good job mm-hmm. and that they you could definitely see that they're they're related even though they're not
0: so marine is under attack from the boats they're firing uh flaming shit over the walls looks like some sort of explosive uh gray worm shuts down Tyrion's plan to mount the defense on the beach instead favoring defense at the pyramid which is probably smart yeah. And the pyramid begins to shake.
1: Yeah, as 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 they're literally being rain hell fired down. Like really, you think it's a good idea to form up on the beach? Yeah, I'd... to abandon our easily fortifiable. Yeah, well, you know, Tyrion's a, he's a he's a shit military guy. I guess
0: so. Uh but the pyramid starts to shake just as they they say that and then they prepare for battle, but instead Danny walks in from the balcony as Drogon flies off in the background. Yep. Uh now Danny walks in and everybody's surprised and uh, reassured, but they're not out of the woods by a long shot. Here, I mean, aren't dragon?
1: Drogon flies off as near I can tell. Yeah, but she could be like whistle him, and he comes right back, and and, and also where are the other two dragons, and there's a hundred thousand Dothraki that they got now that can. just No, 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 those Dothraki didn't fly in with her. They yeah, have a week's What I'm saying walk. is they're coming, and like they're coming. What, yeah, like there's no way they can take the city and hold it. Like I just they can't feel like, hold it. Sure. I, I don't know. I just feel like it's a done deal. You're gonna. And I'm kind of surprised we didn't see it in this episode just ships on hmm. fire and. You know. Yeah, I mean, it's
0: entirely possible the dragon is
1: not leaving. It He's was a cool. Just run, it it, doing was, a it, it run. was a cool reveal, and I'm glad to see Danny's back. On the other hand, I know it could have been cooler. You know, I guess I'm it greedy. Certainly could have. Yeah, I guess I'm greedy, and
0: it might still. I mean, yeah, there, there's plenty of opportunity next episode for the dragon to light some light some shit on fire but i
1: feel like that well i mean unless they're going to give us yes like a really intense battle for Barine, which i don't believe right um then i guess i would have liked to have seen her strafing like i just want to see i want to see danny riding drogon's back and him doing something cool like he's just yeah. essentially an evacuation helicopter for her at this point like yeah. i want to see him become a gunship god damn it
0: you might have to wait for westeros for that
1: yeah yeah Assuming yeah. as she gets
0: there anytime any time at all. Maybe she wants to like, sail yeah. to
1: Westeros and try her hand at Queen there before she goes west. You know, just, just really bracket Westeros. Go east, go west. Now I'm ready to go, right up the middle.
0: All right, so we go back over to the Hound. He comes across the Brotherhood without banners, who are preparing to execute the three guys who killed his group. Uh, he wants He wants to kill them instead, but the Brotherhood also wants to. There's this battle over who gets to kill who. Well, they want to do it the right
1: way. We're not butchers. Right.
0: Not with the axe, with the rope. Uh, yeah. The hound ends up getting to hang two of the three, and he takes the boots of the yellow cloaked one.
1: That was so uh, it was so grimly funny that uh, the man's still kicking, like his feet are still twitching. And like, what uh, is that like for if you're lim lemon coat cloak? Yeah, uh, you're 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 dying, and you're kind of like desperate to get out of it towards the end. And like, you're dying, and you re- you become aware the guy the guy who's just killed you is stealing your boots.
0: Yeah, that's got to be the worst way to die. Really insulting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so then the Hound sits down to eat with him, and they convince him to join up with them to fight the northern winds. As well, they well, well. do
1: they convince him, or do they make the argument, and we're kind of left to wonder what he's going to make of it? He doesn't say no. But he has a lot of cogent arguments. It's like, the Lord of Light didn't spare me. I'm just better than you. I mm-hmm. beat you because I'm better than you. I'm still, if you hadn't tried that trick with the fire sword, it wouldn't have even been close. And, and I'm better than you now, and I could beat you. I, I, I thought that was all good i also liked the yeah. humor it was very appreciated like his just gruff you
2: uh-huh. know
1: uh t- you know uh, put that down little girl tougher girls than you have tried to kill me which is a nice reference to both brian and Arya. yeah um we are in like uh it's like there's no punishment he's like well they'll die it's like we all die except for this one here i i, I thought that was all good and his line about preferring chickens was pretty good yep like that yep uh not yeah, crazy about scene. the two-thirds chicken but uh why i i guess i don't understand why the brotherhood doesn't let him kill all three like i get like not being able to butcher them seems like a pretty good concession and they're getting hung anyway so why not let sandor the one who was most aggrieved like it's your reputation as right. his friends like come on dundarian what the fuck is your problem
0: yeah, and I mean the Brotherhood also kind of killed them. I mean they caught them.
1: Yeah, they caught them. They strung them up. He just kicked the stump from out. But I, I, yeah. I, I felt like it was way more of a one-sided deal than they're kind of alluding to in the show. Yeah, I, I mostly
0: agree. Uh, but yeah, I, he doesn't. He stops putting up a fight by the end of this discussion. So to me, I think he's all but joined them. Yeah, uh, and we'll he's looking for a purpose.
1: Sure. Yeah. Right. And he's,
0: yeah. And they kind of say the same thing that. Uh, the the seven pointed star guy did, whose name I can't think of right now.
1: Uh, I think it's uh, I, in the books is Maribald, but I believe no. in a show as Roy.
0: Okay, uh, they kind of tell him the exact same thing, right? Yeah. In that scene, so I think that that strikes uh, a nerve with him. I think it's
1: interesting that the brother of that banner's is aware of what's going on north too. Yeah, that is a new thought to me.
0: Right. Uh, and I I don't know what part the hound might have to play in that fight, but sure. Interesting. So the Waif shows up at Lady Crane's house and kills her. And Arya is confronted by Waif. Ends up jumping off the balcony, and then Waif gives chase through the streets. Arya manages to make it back to her hidey hole, and Waif follows. Then Arya grabs Needle and cuts the lights. And then we go over to the hall, black and white. Jackin finds Waif's face on the wall, and Arya standing by. She says she's going home, and Jacken kind of looks happy to hear it, a little proud. Uh. A lot to talk about in this scene, I guess.
1: Uh, the first thing before... I want to say a couple things. Number one, stunt-wise, this was admittedly a pretty great foot chase. Sure. And I also like the Godfather homage of the oranges, uh, tumbling, you know, tumbling down the staircase. Yeah. Um... But and I honestly, this is like uh, some people accused us jointly in email of like I can't believe you preferred all the Reddit bullshit theories to what we actually got because those are stupid too. And I'm like, well, the only reason we came up with that is just for the sheer disbelief that what we saw last episode was just a barefaced faced right th- truth. Yeah, yeah, because it, it's it's it felt so weird it didn't feel like aria like i feel like the way this ended if you'd have just started this like the foot chase like like so the the waif tries to get aria and she gets a good slash across her belly she maybe slashes her in the arm and then the foot chase ensues and aria leads her back like with a blood trail back to her lair and kills her in the dark that's right. essentially what we thought was going to happen at 506
0: yeah, and if she's, like, shown just kind of slicing her and then hiding and slicing her and hiding, like, you could do something, like, could, where yeah. the same, like, a, make it, her suffer point is is there Sure. without sure. stabbing her in the guts and, that, and
1: twisting a knife. That makes Arya smart because all the people that wrote in and say, well, you guys are just missing the fact that Arya uh, led the way into this trap are missing all the things that were just pure luck. That happened, like the fact right. that like Arya could have been killed. Like, if the Waif had done what, Ar- what Jackin had said and just she slit her been. throat, yeah. she'd have been dead. If right. Arya drinks the milk of the poppy and is knocked out and the Waif shows up at um, uh, uh, the, the lady, what's her name, Claire? Crane? Lady yeah. Crane's uh, house, she's dead. Like, no. it's not a smart luring of the trap if many points along the way Arya could have been killed with no action on her own part. right. And they could have done that, but, like, for some reason in the writer's room, they got the idea that having this bullshit cliffhanger with Arya was a smart idea. And that's I think that is the root cause of failure here. They don't do that, and this is... Yeah. There's still some problems with why ja- Jackin is doing all this, and what exactly the relationship is, and what does it mean when she he says pronounces her no one. I got some ideas on that. I've kind of calmed down on that a little bit. But honestly... Root cause of failure is the gut stabbing and yeah. her sliding into and Completely. getting away. Yeah, all that stuff uh, otherwise is fine.
0: Right, and I I just can't forgive it. It's too bad.
1: Yes. It's too bad that they botched up this thing. It doesn't ruin Arya going because it doesn't change the essential arc that she's on. It's right. just a real letdown from a storytelling perspective because I just don't see any way you can spin this as Arya being smart and competent and a skilled assassin she's been training to be right when she made so many like I would have bought that she's going around swaggering and throwing gold to lure the waif out except it almost got her killed yeah and she went crawling back to the person who's marked for death by the faceless men the person that she's trying to hide out from it just it really doesn't make sense
0: no it doesn't um yeah and I mean I don't know. I I do kind of like the blood sport shit that they pulled with her cutting the lights and using that Sure. Uh, the training that the wave inadvertently gave her. And I know some people blind.
1: were uh angry about not getting to see this epic fight. Like we've seen this what? we've seen the way. How wave... are you going to see it? It's in the I dark. I know, but <laughs> you 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 know that there's ways that you can film stuff in darkness that right. that you can still see enough of what's going on, but Yeah. I don't feel like that because it's a stylistic choice. Like, I, I understand the people that do because we've watched this waif beat the shit out of Arya all season long so we want to see some comeuppance and we didn't see a bit of it. Yeah. But on the other hand, like, that's the one part I think did work. Like, her kind of blending the faceless men and her water dancing training and bam, she gets the better of the waif. Yeah. But holy shit, everything that connected, those two ideas, her hiding in the dark and her actually executing it, was terrible. Terrible. And again, yeah. stuff that was I? I can't believe that George Martin said you got to have her stabbed stab in the guts, and you got to have a, the knife and twisted. Twist that knife. And, and really I also got just... some people emailing me and was like, well, that's not necessarily a fatal. No, like, come, come on. on, you're wrong. You're just wrong about that. If, if you think that you're supposed to watch that and think that oh, Ari is going to be fine, I'm sure she didn't nick her intestines, She'll just sweep or her it off. kidney, or her right. liver, like or her. In-
0: right. I mean, just like that's death. Fall rastering. into a fucking shit-filled river. Yes. From all like. All of this is real stupid, right? Like nobody sat back and thought, "Well,
1: how would she survive this uh, believably?" Like if she went, if she ran off to a maester that she had befriended, or like a red priestess that could do, or or, Maybe, or even a renegade yeah. faceless man, like the serial Pharrell thing, and he's got some kind of crazy potion. But right, I don't believe that a, an amateur, no, b- b- hole patcher upper with milk a poppy can do it. I just don't. Yeah. If you do more power to you. But I'm saying that like I've gotten probably a thousand emails on the subject, and the vast majority of people are like, What the fuck? So even if yeah five percent of the audience says, Oh, this is pretty good, ninety five percent doesn't, it's a failure of storytelling. Right.
0: And and none of the, the defenses I've seen, like you said before, have accounted for all of it. They
1: have, yeah. Like there's some that make sense for this and that, but they don't yeah. I don't think holistically look at the entire situation. Right.
0: And ultimately I guess it comes down to opinion. If you liked it, fine. And you're uh, right. Just I'm, go with it, but I yeah. hated it. I and, thought it was terrible. And I'm not
1: saying that any of that stuff we talked about last week was great, like mm-hmm. the, you know, uh, this is a um, uh, a fight club situation, and, yeah. and, and the wave and is and a Jagan's figment image. Testing and testing and, and wave Jagan for and, 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 all that shit, yeah. Yeah, or Arya put a, slapped a face on some innocent passer. Like, none of that stuff was great. Right. Arguably better than what happened, though.
0: Right. We were grasping at straws for something that made sense. Because we didn't want to
1: believe it was just going to be this stupid.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it turns out it was. I mean, Arya's Arya, Waif is Waif, this, all of this
1: is bullshit. There are, and I'm not reading, I don't think any of these, I might have included one or two, but there are still some people that are saying, well, what if, what if the uh, Waif did kill Arya, now she's going to infiltrate the house? And I'm like, okay, maybe, How? but what, I, I no, just... No, 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 no. So she puts her own face up on the wall? I guess, yeah. How would that even happen? And then assumes Arya's face? I. Can you even do that? That's an- Well, that's the thing we don't – and that's the thing that's annoying is because people are saying, well, why did Jack – well, who the hell knows? Because we still don't know. Like, that's frustrating that yeah. two years into this, we really don't know any more about the Faceless Men than I did when I read the fucking books and I was halfway through the plot. Uh, and okay. what is Jack – and also, I guess it leads a little bit more credence to the Arya's special and that Jacken's doing something with her because – Right. And I'm not getting into – there's, like, lots of people that have said, like, it's stupid the fact that she snuck back in and she's you know, gut-wounded and she's dripping blood and no one in the house of faceless – in the house of black and white is alerted to the fact that she's creeping around and in their inner sanctum. Right. And, this
0: – what should be a mortally injured girl dragging the body of a fresh kill yeah. into the hall of black and white just seems like – I'm not, but that's
1: nitpicking, that's, right? You don't that's even have to go that far. Major structural problem. And why is Jacken pleased that she become... I now I do feel like I understand finally what she he meant, because it seems like one of the things when he poisoned himself last year and Arya freaked out because she was his friend, that the fact that she was ready to kill him, and the, the fact that she's divorced all attachment to like her what she considers friends. I think that's why he said you're no one. And then she okay. says, fuck you, I'm Arya Stark. And he smiles, I'm guessing because that's what he wanted her to do? Like, Yeah,
0: I mean, you gotta go all the way back to when they first met, right? And, yeah. and try and analyze, like, why does he bring her over? Why does he give her the coin? Uh, and I
1: don't know, but I'm not ready to say it's stupid because I don't know. So I guess I'm, right. you know, just and this, this could be me committing the same mistake I did last episode, which is, I think they've got a better reason than they're giving me, so... But I'm, yeah. I don't. I don't know what his game. I don't know whether this is him acting on his own, like some people were saying. I saw some threes on Reddit about, well, maybe Jack and had an experience like this, and yeah, he's no one, but he still admires a little girl's need to avenge her family, and that that's sure. kind of honoring the faceless god in a, in its own way, and he's like sent off his guided missile, and I, I don't know, and I'm increasingly as we go through this. The death of the Clegane Bowl and some of the other stuff, it's like I'm starting to get burnt out by rampant theorizing. Right. You know, and it's like starting to get more like wishful thinking and people just telling themselves stories that sound good. And Sure. I don't know. I'm, I'm just, uh, I, I'm not in the mood for it this week. <laughs> Let me tell you a story that sounds good to me. All right.
0: Uh, what if, I don't have any evidence yet because it's just speculation, uh, Arya is going back to Westeros. Uh, could she be useful to Jon and Sansa? Could she use her newfound powers, her powers of face manipulation, to maybe find a crack in the wall that is around Winterfell? Get inside, maybe using a face familiar to Roose, Miranda, uh, or sorry, to Ramsay, maybe Miranda or Roose or another face, someone else. Because uh, we don't actually know when this is happening, right? And that's all yeah. we've talked about this in the past. We don't we don't know how these timelines line I up. I thought
1: it was interesting that Lord Edmure, just for this point, in August this point, said that I've been kept in a cell for years, implying that almost real time has, has elapsed. Okay. Like, he was in prison in season three, and now it's three years later. I've been here for years. Um, uh-huh. So I don't I, – that's a good question. Like, if she showed up next week, do you buy it? Right. I think a lot of people wouldn't. Especially since we last left, I mean, to be useful for the Battle of the Bastards, which is happening next week, Mm -hmm. um, she would have to literally show up next week. Right. So, I don't know. But you're right, there's nothing, they are playing kind of fast and loose with the fluidity of time. That would be useful. I mean, that's the thing, like, Arya is fascinating, because she could be used for so many different things. And, like, there's literally endless possibilities, do you want to hear fifteen different people give fifteen different ideas about what it's going to be? Is that what the feedback is? No, this week? because I in saying, t- okay. No, no, because it's it's not interesting to me. I'm sorry. I know a lot of people all want right. to count. There's
0: you're burnt out on the theorizing. There's Reddit and the forums
1: if you want to someplace of the archive how right you were about certain things. But like, and I, I can't get it all right. Like, I didn't read someone's email last week that said essentially that I bet King Tom and just outlaws trial by combat because the idea seemed preposterous to me. Right. I was like, there's no way. That's like the law of the land. You can't just change, like, what is this, a United States election? You can't just change rules uh, and and do shit like, but when they did it on screen, I'm like, well, that made sense, and I kind of probably should have read that, but. Sure. There's a hundred other things that I think are preposterous that haven't come true, so what are you going to do? Yeah. All right. you, You read them all, and you try to do the best job you can. Well,
0: that is, in fact, the end of the episode and the end of the recap.
1: Hey, this week's podcast is sponsored by Casper, who is the online purveyor of really quality mattresses. I'm going to talk about them because I've been sleeping on one for over a year now, and I think they're pretty awesome. Uh, they are well-engineered mattresses at shockingly fair prices. Uh, $500 for a twin size, up to $950 for a king-size mattress. And you can get $50 off your first order by going to casper.com got and using the GOT promo code uh, during checkout. Terms and conditions apply. The thing about Casper is um, they're not just latex foam or memory foam like other mattresses. They're a blend of the two that gives you uh, just the right sink and just the right bounce to give you good night's sleep. Uh, They're made in America. And the biggest selling point, I think, is their risk-free trial. Because I'd like to see you go to any mattress store purchase a mattress, and then return it after 99 days of sleeping on it and see what they say. Uh, (laughs) Casper, uh, they're they're so confident that they will ship you this uh, in a night. And that's the other thing. Like If you're living in an upstairs apartment like me, you have to wrestle a king-size mattress up. You wrestle a a 50-pound, 3-foot by 2-foot by 2-foot box a lot easier. Uh, Mattress all folds out and takes its right shape. Uh, But if you don't like it, they will come uh, and pick it up free of charge. And they've got several options for recycling or donations, but you don't have to worry about it. That's how confident they are in their mattress technology. You buy it and try it for a hundred days. So, you know, if you're in the ma- market for a mattress, I highly recommend you go to Casper.com slash GOT and use the GOT code. Uh, of course, some terms and conditions apply. But uh, if you're in the market for a mattress, check out Casper. They're awesome. Do we have some feedback to do? Oh, Yes, yes, we do. Uh, Unfortunately, even though we got a ton of feedback, there's a lot of feedback you could just essentially put into three different camps. So I try to get uh, some unique takes and some retrospective responses from those, uh, as is our want. The first few emails are from past episodes. Ariel says, I'm trying to figure out something. Is this show trying to set up Cersei and the Lannisters as the good guys in the conflict with the High Sparrow? I feel like it is, but I just keep finding myself nodding my head at the stuff the High Sparrow says. Really? Yes, he may be a dangerous guy himself, but he's not wrong that the Lannisters and Tyrells, for that matter, have abused their power over others simply by virtue of the fact that they have fancier clothes and sharper swords. I mean, is the threat of the faith poses to the Lannisters and Tyrells really anything more than you don't get to have absolute arbitrary power over the lives of commoners anymore? To put this another way... Is anyone in King's Landing, other than the Lannisters, Tyrells themselves, worse off if the High Sparrow either beats the Lannisters or Tyrells or at least sticks around to balancing them out? Playing the Ronald Reagan card, are you really better uh, uh, under the Lannisters and Tyrells than you were eight years ago? Um, Right. Is the Lannister Tyrell argument that we deserve to be in charge just because supposed to be appealing? The faith may represent a different sort of tyranny, but isn't the High Sparrow's version of the King's Landing preferable to one where the Lannisters get to have babies killed on a whim and random citizens are murdered for making jokes about the Lannisters?
0: Uh, No. I I don't think any kind of absolute moral authority like that can ever
1: be considered a good thing. But... It's also, I mean, I think it's a fascinating argument, essentially to kind of like, well, maybe Saddam Hussein wasn't so bad because, yes, political prisoners got disappeared in middle streets, but for the lives of the average Iraqis, it's maybe better than it is now
0: uh maybe you know it's like sure like, there's an argument to be made like both if sides. lightning
1: strikes you you're fucked but on the other hand this, the the streets were relatively safe and i could buy things and i didn't have madmen coming with guns i you know what i'm saying like it's to me they're both the bad guys like i don't think there is a good good guy in this situation and i yeah i think that's what maybe i differ with ari is that you're trying to find which of the two extreme positions is preferable when really you look for a middle ground like effective rule of law that's yeah. not. Because the thing is, High Septon gets into power and now he's going to punish adultery by death and right. fornication by death and homosexuality by death. And, uh, you know, what is the eyes uh, and what is pure and what is not pure is ultimately how he interprets the scripture. Yep. That's a different kind of capriciousness bullshit than mm-hmm. the tyranny of the rich. But it's ultimately
0: the same thing. It, yeah. It's just interpreted differently. It's just and, and arguably
1: also that could be even worse because again, you know, if you kept your head down and you didn't, you know, throw shit at the wrong lord, you probably were able to exist just fine in King's Landing. But as a Faith of the Seven, like you could have some but, robed jackass come and see you, you know, but it's, it's, getting it's, drunk and then now you're dead. Like, it's exactly the same thing, though. I mean, if yeah. if the Lannisters you know,
0: see you doing something they don't like, they're going to kill you. If the Faith Militants see you doing something they
1: don't like, they're going to kill you. But I those mean, are specific things. Like, the Lannisters are not going to go down and kill you just because you're fucking around in Flea Bottom. If you're talking shit about them, mm-hmm. those are things that, like... You know, like... Is it better to punish people for their base desires or for political speech? You know? I guess that's, like... They're both important. Like, freedom of speech is as important as being able to... Get your drink on right. and just enjoy the, you know, the, the, your, your vices in life. It's like, which, because the Lannisters sure. don't give a shit if Liberty. you're whoring or drinking or gambling. They don't, they don't, they just yeah. don't want you speaking against the crown. Whereas right. I, the High I, Septon doesn't give a shit about you talking shit to power, but he's not going to let you gamble and whore and drink.
0: Sure. I, I will say my personal opinion on this in as much as there is any good guy in this scenario, I think it's it more closely tracks with the Lannisters. Mm. Uh, So I roughly agree with you. Uh, What I won't say is that anybody is actually good. Yeah. Uh, I will say that they are both really bad things to have um,
1: kind of in your kingdom. Right. And the thing is, is like if if the opposite of crazy is still crazy, that's why I'm saying like I think that we're offered a false dichotomy. Do you want the religious nut job or the uncaring, unfeeling, powerful that don't even give a shit and and trample you? you want the middle path. Sure. You want someone in power that protects the people and, and, per- and preserves their liberties the way they want, such yeah. as they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, this next one I'm going to read just so I stop getting email on it. Can I, one of the many, 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 many people that suggest, is Sansa pregnant? Remember when she told Littlefinger that she can feel still inside what Ramsay did to her? Hello? Jim, what do you think of this theory? Uh, I don't think she is. I think it's a very don't peculiar so. way to read the statement of a rape victim. Like, right. if Ramsey Bolton raped me, I could say I can still feel what he did inside me, and I would not be talking about a baby. Right. So, that's it. She could very well be pregnant. I don't think this is evidence of that. This is her agree. Yeah. telling Littlefinger, making him confront the awfulness, and not use euphemisms, but explicitly, as, as Sansa can be, making him feel what... She went through because of his bullshit. Mm-hmm. So that's it. I, again, Sansa could be pregnant, but this line is not evidence that she is. Uh, and also, I who does anyone really want to see Sansa pregnant with a Bolton baby? I don't. That's Jesus disgusting. Christ! Jesus Christ! Maybe George Martin does. Well, maybe. Maybe he's just that sick of a fuck. Then we can open up those fun arguments again. Yep. Uh, Zach B says a theme I am sensing. Characters on the show for who? Whoa, whoa! Uh, the theme I'm sensing. Aaron cannot speak. Uh, characters on the show who were once powerful in times of desperation, unleashing a weapon or creating an alliance to help them in the short term, that gets out of hand in the long, ultimately, uh, in the long term, ultimately disposing of their power or life. Examples have we've already seen happen: Children of the Forest, the White Walkers, Viserys Targaryen, and Khal Drogo, the Lannisters, and the Tyrells. Cersei with the Faith Militant, Stannis with the Red Woman, and Rob Stark with the phrase. In each case, characters that were desperate or deteriorating situations make alliances or unleash others to help them secure their position in the short term, to ultimately have these weapons be their downfall, and ultimately making Westeros and Essos bear the brunt of their shotgun weddings. This foreshadows recent alliances that may lead to negative outcomes, and this is the point I want to get your opinion on, Jim. Cersei in the mountain. Jamie and Braun and Danny, and pick one of her dragons, the Dothraki or the Second Sons or Varys. Uh, so the mountain turning against Cersei. That's an interesting possibility. I don't see it. I mean, he see seems to be uns- unswervingly loyal. But to who? To Kyburn or Cersei or. Like, I mean, we I don't really understand his programming, or even what that means. She,
0: she, Cersei. Okay, the mountain is always seen by Cersei's side. I would think if he was unwer- unswaveringly, swervingly Swerving, loyal to Kyburn, yeah. he'd always be by Kyburn's side. So I, I don't see Unless, us being Kyburn. But do
1: you, do you think Kyburn has like a back door, <laughs> a back door into the mountain? That is he going to stick he's his finger stick up? his it? finger up his. Yep, he's going to show him how to kiss. <laughs> No,
0: I think think the Mountain is
1: Cersei's toy. I agree, but I think that if Kyburn is half as smart as I think he is, he would put in a failsafe to where if Cersei says, kill Mm Kyburn, the Mountain says, does not compute, and smashes her instead. (laughs) Otherwise, Uh, is way too trusting of an unstable person. Sure, sure.
0: Uh, I don't know. I don't see any evidence of that, but okay.
1: I don't see any evidence either. It's just me... My Yeah. And look how look how well my assuming people are smarter than they are theories are gone. Uh Jamie and Braun. Now that's a good one. Because Braun would absolutely slit Jamie's throat if it got him a bigger bag of gold, a prettier lady, or a bigger castle. I think so. Uh and also I think it's interesting that this episode he mentioned he prefers working for the younger brother. And he mentioned because, you know, he's sick and tired of the way ladies look at Jamie, but Mm. If everything goes the way we think is going to go, Jamie and Tyrion are going to be in opposition pretty soon. Could be, yeah. And if Braun thinks that Tyrion's got the upper hand and maybe he's got a little bit more residual affection, I could see that going badly for Jamie. Mm-hmm. Especially uh,
0: if Jamie doesn't deliver on this fucking castle and sure, ride. Come sure. on,
1: yeah, it's about time. Uh, finally, Danny, like that's that's a. Wa- I mean, we've talked about how bringing a bunch of. Essentially, horse-bound wildlings to Westeros that don't follow their religion or culture is probably not the smartest idea. Yeah, nor a bunch of cell swords, nor the spider and the dragons being hard to control. Like I, I, that that's you could have five feedbacks full of of what could go wrong there. But uh, no, I, I do like that. Uh, also some more in discussion of us talking about landmines and other allegories for Martin's work. Nicholas J. chimed in, said, I've been thinking about this for a while, and your talk of landmines meant I had to write in. Surely a more apt analogy to make with the real world is the Knight's King was a nuclear weapon created by the children of the forest to stop a war, like the United States, but instead created a cold world, a cold war, literally. Leaf is Oppenheimer. (laughs) she (laughs) has become death right uh i mean there's even a huge wall of ice like the one in berlin or the metaphorical iron curtain that spread across the whole of europe during the real cold war the comparisons can go on and on for example many people that were stuck in east germany tried to get over under around the wall to west germany but were executed for trying some of the people that managed to leave communist countries were shunned or looked upon with suspicion as spies by people in the west the similarities to the wildings there seem obvious It could all be uh, completely unintentional. I know in the foreword to Lord of the Rings, Tolkien said, I cordially dislike allegory and all its manifestations, and always have done so since I grew old and wary enough to detect its presence. But people still make the same allegorical comparisons to his work. And with all respect to Tolkien, I'm a big believer in a death of the author idea in critical (laughs) analysis. So I don't give a shit what you say, Tolkien.
0: Right. Well, let me throw this out. I know you're going to say I don't give a shit what you say, Martin, but okay. I did watch an interview with George Martin where he was essentially asked this question about some recent events um, and whether or not his stories had anything to do with modern history, uh, actually, contemporary yes. history as it's being made. Sure. And he essentially said no. Like He, he based this story a lot on the War of the Roses, sure. but he is not trying to make a point about anything currently going on. In his stories. Now,
1: I don't know if that holds true of the show. Well, this is interesting because Brian McI. I'm going to let him retort um, from okay. Beyond the Email. In the last episode, you mentioned how mismanagement, of the Night's King, yada yada yada. Uh, Martin has stated in or started the books after Operation Desert Storm, and as these have been written during the war in Iraq, and he has made a number of public comments on his writing being reflective of his feelings during these times. Huh. I therefore think a better comparison than minefields is the U.S. enabling Saddam Hussein, or you could even go back to the Mujahideen, I hope I pronounced that correct, um, in Afghanistan, and arming him in to fight against Iran, then years later having to fight and subdue the same ally that they had arguably created. And okay. I get it. Anytime you talk about politics, it's l- shorter than 50 years ago. It's fraught with peril. But I, and I don't know what the public writing it is. sounds like, like it's just this- conflicting yeah statements from him and i well i watched him the man say it sure so, and like, i don't have the so spake mate martin chapter and verse here that he's referring to but i'm gonna take I, him I, out I as believe word. him yeah and i also think that you can say these writings inspired the mood but not they're not necessarily allegorical like
0: or or, or right the the idea like the ice, that
1: the knight's king is not literally saddam hussein but these are some ideas sure. i've kind of woven into the war of the rings or war of the Jesus wrong wrong fiction wrong nonfiction war of the roses
0: and, and of course i mean your thoughts on 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 certain subject matters are going to influence your writing as it's happening
1: yeah you can't avoid that you are who you are which that's why i like the death of the author approach because the author has subconscious biases and things right. that he's or she is not even aware of so right. why should i take their gospel like if if something's in there and can be supported by the text it's valid if yeah, it's not, it, then it's not. It's the it's difference between purposely, consciously
0: putting something in there yeah. to, to make a statement versus, just, of course, my mood influences my writing.
1: Right. I mean, this blew up on Reddit last week. Uh, someone posted one of those, Today I Learned, like Ray Bradbury claims that Fahrenheit 451 was never an allegory about censorship, but was about the dumbing down of Western civilization by uh, television and movies destroying their ability to appreciate longer, more reasoned works and books. And okay. I'm like, what the fuck? Because, like, you go through <laughs> high school and you read Fahrenheit 451 and it's shoved down your throat that this is a statement about censorship. Uh-huh. So, it happens, man. Y- yeah, and the author may not even be aware of it. And no one cares. Uh, Chris I. In episode 606 at the Tarly dinner scene, uh, Sam's mother mentions that they once met a man, a Lord Umber, from The Last Hearth. The context was intended to show that the Tarlies have heard... That northerners teach their daughters to hunt, but do you think there's any significance to why the writers felt the need to specifically drop the name Lord Umber? I'm fuzzy on the overall timelines, but if this chance encounter happened at any time within the past couple years, isn't it strange for either the Tarly family to be that far north or for Lord Umber to be that far south?
0: I don't know. I don't know enough about this. That's the thing, like...
1: I I, there's there's the plain reading, which is she's just trying desperately to find common cause with this girl from the north and make Uh things less awkward. So, like, she once met Lord Umber at a dinner party. And and the thing is, you got to understand, like, these people go to these tourneys all the time. Like Mm -hmm. they might go to a tourney at Harrenhal or King's Landing or in Dorne or in the north. And like Mm -hmm. you it could as I think that. That this dinner, you're thinking like a modern dinner where, like, a couple invites another couple over, where this could be, yeah. like, this massive feast. Yeah, yeah, like, and they're just se- seated at the same table. Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, this could be complex foreshadowing that shows that somehow the Tarlys and Umbers are going to con- unite and, f- you know, oh proclaim John as the king of the north and blah, blah, blah. So uh-huh. I just wanted to get it out there because... Again, I've I've had people sending me this a couple weeks in a row, and I just want to get out there. I don't know what it means. It could mean something, could mean nothing. But, again, the plain reading of it is it's just her trying to make small talk. A very awkward small talk with this this awkward situation. Mm-hmm. Juliana P. said, I read this article this morning on Buzzfeel, BuzzFeed called, I really wish Arya Stark had just fucking died in that episode. The author basically says that he would have liked Arya to die in Braavos because her storyline the past few years has been painful. The author says, We've been watching two years of Arya not becoming a faceless man, knowing that if she, she could never and would never become a faceless man, knowing that she didn't even want to become a faceless man. It's only now that she's trying to leave that we're seeing just how pointless it really was. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this argument. I disagree with the author because her death after her time in Bravos would seem even more pointless and much more of a waste of time. I still have hope that their, uh, Arya will return to her badassness, but I understand her frustration and uh, do long for a storyline to return to the fierce, sassy character from seasons one through four. Uh, he also brings up some interesting points. Well, I'm going to leave Let's that address for the spoiler. The Arya. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: Um, okay, so I don't think it's a complete waste of time. I. I I somewhat agree with the idea that, you know, it it was all for nothing because we knew that Arya wasn't going to become a faceless man. I don't, I don't think anybody thought, well, that's just Arya now and she's going to be contract killing for the rest of her life and she's never going to m- mark the names off this list and all that stuff. Uh, I I think the reason they did this is to get her properly trained, to get right. her in a position where she could execute on that list because... If Arya before the Faceless Men goes and tries to kill a bunch of people, I don't know that I buy it. Yeah, like I, it's just a lot harder to buy now that she knows how to blend in, she knows how to fight. I think it's, you know, it, it took a long time to get her there. Mm-hmm. I'll
1: agree with that, but I think it was useful. I I'm even going to take a stronger take. I think this entire line of argument is shite. Hmm. Okay, um, why? and that this this BuzzFeed art person is a shite arguer because it's like. You knew going into season one that Breaking Bad was the story of uh, Mr. Chips to Scarface. Right. There was no like, is Walt going to do the right thing? At the, I mean, in the margins, but that's not the story you w- waited through five seasons of television to see. The wires is sure. a story about Baltimore and 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 its its moral and societal and cultural decay. And what is causing it? There's not like, oh, is Baltimore going to not become a, sh- a shit war torn, drug city? By the end? no, like you, uh-huh. I, I seriously question what this this guy's just fucking right in clickbait. Because oh, of course, no yeah. serious critical person could possibly question the wisdom of showing a person's character development, even if the character development you knew what was going to happen. Like unless right. it's just, unless you think that the a whole storyline with her and Bravos was shit. Mm-hmm. Which I don't, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't think, think it so. was. No, like in fact, uh, up until this latest misstep is where I get really angry about it. And again, yeah. it didn't change anything about her path. It's just,
0: and it gives her a lot not, of exciting tools. I mean, yes. this idea that she can change faces, it, it just opens that character up.
1: Yes, uh, her
0: ability to wield a sword and fight opens that character up. I,
1: no. I think. But they this, needed this. This isn't a critical argument. This is someone being petulant on the internet.
0: Yeah, and and writing, I think Arya should have died to get a million clicks. Like, yes, you're right. It's clickbait. It's ridiculous. Like, whatever.
1: I mean, there's a room for it. It's probably on message uh, boards and Reddit. I don't know that you know, like, it's a serious work of journalism. But then again, it's Buzzfeed, so sure. Uh, and also, it's like I'd be mortified if he quotes my dumb quotes my dumbass as any kind of serious critical work either. It's just. <laughs> I put that out as a disclaimer. I don't know what I'm doing. So, much less right. than half the time. Nick K., do you think that Stannis Baratheon's fleet will come into play? This is an interesting question. Stannis
0: Baratheon's fleet?
1: Presumably the Night's Watch still have custody of the fleet after Jon Snow borrowed it to move the Wildlings from Hardhome. Bet you you forgot about that, didn't you? I did forget about that, yeah. My bet is on the White Walkers boarding the ships at some point, sending contingent of Whites down to King's Landing for a naval assault. What? I what? don't know about that. They didn't take the ships with them? Well, I've got to be honest. I don't know where the, the disposition of this fleet because it existed. It seemed like it more or less intact left Hardhome because we got all these thousands of wildlings as survivors. But on the other hand, uh, they're sure, not at Castle Black. They're probably at Eastwatch right. by the sea. I'm guessing. But yes, guess. how like, could send, they? The,
0: send the children wildlings off? Do do like a. Rufio yeah. style bangerang thing with the kids and send them off on boats. <laughs> yeah, and see how that ha- how that works out. because apparently the women can fight, right? The wildling women. Sure, they're trained to fight. Sure. So.
1: Um, I think that it's not so much they're trained to fight; it's just that there's not enough. They do enough. fight. They, yeah. They, yeah. They have to. They're vicious. Um, yeah. I feel like that. Well, check your non-wildling privilege. I wouldn't say they're vicious; they're just doing what they got to do to survive. Jim, Jesus. Well, uh, in a battle, they're probably vicious. Sure, they're appropriately vicious. Yeah, uh, to the time and, and temperament that uh, you know, they're not hasty or whatever. Whatever. I'm not gonna. I'm and not... you're putting a lot. You're you're speculating a lot on the temperament of these wildling women, um, who we've seen very little of. I'm. I don't know because dollars to donuts, they've just forgotten about these ships too and i like, i don't this think is they've those... forgotten
0: but they're just not interested in
1: yeah in dealing with them at the moment now when the winds of winter comes out whether martin remembers and there's uh, some kind of cool overarching strategy and john goes over and proposes to danny and kisses her a bunch on the ships i don't know but uh, they're gonna
0: get a bunch of tullies and a bunch of catapults sure and they're gonna light them up
1: and send them over the winterfell walls from the sea yep <laughs> Yep, that's exactly what's going to happen. Big catapults. But I thought it was worth asking, because it is a piece on the board that largely people have forgotten about. Uh, Jonathan A. from the Bay Area, who I hear do not back down. Uh, Everyone says the title of Episode nine, The Battle of the Bastards, needs no explanation. Jonathan says, not so fast. Obviously, John versus Ramsay is going to be the central conflict, but when thinking of potential twists that can potentially pop up in the episode, I think you have to start with other prominent bastards in the show. And from there, I think you look no further than the Sand Snakes. They have the bad poussé. The Sand Snakes were reintroduced in the beginning of Season 6, and then nothing. We left Doran with Alaria and the snakes assassinating Prince Doran and making promises of war. Since then, it's almost as if the show has done everything it can to make sure the audiences forget they exist. I think the Sand Snakes are due for a big comeback in Episode 9, Bring the Battle of the Bastards down to King's Landing, where everyone else's attention is either at Winterfell or River Run. My prediction, at least one prominent Lannister character will die to the Sand Snakes in Episode 9. That's a pretty hot take. Because they are also bastards, prominently bastards, and they have also been laying low the way snakes do in the grass before they're about to strike. Yeah, that's something
0: I forgot about. Hmm. We haven't talked about how this, how all of Cersei's stuff going down in King's Landing right now might be affected by the Dornish armies showing up, right?
1: Yes. Do you think Lady Olenna makes a pact with the uh, Martells, like essentially, look, this Lannister thing's a fucking fiasco. That
0: would be perfect because then I could you interchange... want what I
1: want. <laughs> You could interchange what? I could
0: mix up their names and it wouldn't be a problem.
1: <laughs> the Tyrell armies.
0: Oh, sure. they partially Martell Tyrell. Tyrell. Yeah.
1: yeah, sure. The L. The armies of L. Uh, I think that's interesting.
0: Yeah, it's something we haven't considered. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and I think it's worth considering for sure. Uh, Jan M. said, hey, guys, sorry I'm not great with names. I was surprised you guys didn't think it was interesting that Varys left right before the slavers came back The Marine. Well, it was What What is that take. guy up to? Huh? It was an instant take.
0: It wasn't I mean, that's ache. the nature of
1: it. Yeah, and, and also, uh, you were just, you happened to be the very first one to send that in to us, because many, many people did. So I want to give you right. credit, even though ultimately it's a bit of dry pie at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, Caitlin T. said, with only two episodes left this season and the next one completely dedicated to the Bastard Bowl, I feel like there is still a lot of unanswered questions we might not get to, such as, are we done with Dorne? Did everyone forget that they murdered their prince and princess Marcella? Jamie even mentioned tonight how Cersei wants Sansa dead for Joffrey's murder, but no vengeance for Marcella. Uh, Tyrion unchained those dragons a long while ago. Have they just been hanging out down there? And also, what could possibly be important enough at the Citadel to keep Sam in route this whole time? What is the purpose of his storyline now? You know what? Uh, you in episode four, I would have been amazed that heading into the final two episode stretch, we didn't have the answers to some of these questions. Yeah. Especially, those dragons, like I said, like, oh, well, they're not going to stay down there, obviously. They're going to get free and do something, but we literally haven't heard anything about them.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh,
1: I wonder if Danny's going to be pissed.
0: Oh, you let my dragons loose? What the fuck, Tyrion?
1: Yeah. Like, Sam, it's been a several episodes since he stole the sword. I What's... just sent Drogon on his lunch break. <laughs> like, I needed those fucking dragons. <laughs> yeah. He's tired. He's been doing a lot. Right. Where are my other dragons? Where are my... Oh, that's the rest of the season. will be... We're due for another Where Are My Dragons season we from are. Danny. Yeah, Sit season along. seven. Yeah, season seven is going to be the return of Where <laughs> Are My Dragons. Uh, no, all valid points, Caitlin. Um, and I don't have any ideas, like, what is going on? Uh, maybe the dragons fight in unison next episode. Who knows? I do think that it's a little overstated. I don't know that the Battle of the Bastards will be a single episode. I don't think they have... Even though the last episode's, what, 69 minutes long? Mm-hmm. It's almost 70 minutes long. I don't think they have enough time to devote a single episode to a single battle. Like, I just I, I just can't imagine. Yeah, I mean, even in Hardhome, yeah. they did a lot more than just Home. Yeah, like Blackwater, is that the only episode where they've done something like that? Maybe. Was that entirely that battle? I feel like it was. Yeah, it was entirely... But there was a lot of point of views there. It was like there you was. Know, Cersei and her kids, and... Tyrion and, Tyrion and Joffrey. And jo- yeah, there was a yeah. lot of things to kind of get around to, and Stannis and men. Right. so I don't know that you get the same with the, the Bastard Bull. So I would be surprised if there isn't some Sand Snakes in there, if there wasn't some other, you know, pieces moved about the board to set up for the finale.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Ryan B., a lot of people want us to know what we think is going to happen, and so far we've been like, oh. but, uh... But we'll see if we can do better on this one. Hey, guys, do you think with Jamie completing his task and taking back Riverrun, he will immediately ride back to King's Landing just in time to witness Cersei's trial and find out about her many indiscretions? If so, will Jamie stand by <laughs> Cersei? Will he turn his back on her and go find Brienne, sulk back to Castle Rock, or will he go nuclear uh, on the way out and divulge Tommen's true parentage? Oh, boy. a lot of I- people, A lot of people speculating that this is a long con for the High Sparrow to end the Lannister line by essentially saying, you're a product of incest, Mm -hmm. and get Cersei to admit that on the stand, which would invalidate the royal line.
0: Yeah, wouldn't it also invalidate his claim to...
1: Well, that's the interesting thing about the Twin Pillars, that's something he's had... Right. He's tied himself so closely to the crown now. That but it's Joffrey saying it in public. Or not, I'm sorry, Tommen, Joffrey. Yeah. Tommen saying it in public. So like I eschewed the theory that he was going to supplant Tommen for a different king. But maybe mm-hmm. he will. Maybe. I, I don't think Jamie's going to get
0: back in time for this trial. Um, mm. It doesn't seem likely to me. It seems more likely that the trial will have happened. Jaime will get back and be furious for those reasons. Yeah. Uh, Whatever happens at the trial, whether Cersei's killed, whether Cersei destroys
1: the city. I mean, they keep on making a point about how much he loves his sister. Yeah. And if she cheated on him with fucking Lancel, Uh of all people, I can see, you know, that being a huge rift in their relationship.
0: Or I can just see her being dead and him being pissed.
1: Like, I don't know.
0: But but I I just don't think he's going to make it back in time for the trial.
1: Um, him going getting back involved in Brienne seems like a good bet, because that final wave did not feel like a for, uh, like a, a farewell, never see you again kind of thing.
0: Really, I thought it kind of did.
1: Did you? Yeah, fuck you, <laughs> fuck you, setting <laughs> fuck my you for having an set, opinion, set, set, <laughs> setting my ships ablaze. What are you? <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Felt like it to me, but who what knows? do you think? <laughs> is divulging of the Tommen's true parentage. I gave my opinion on it.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of what I was getting at. If oh. you know, if she divulges that information, what does that do to the sure. high school's hold on the city? Because you himself?
1: think that he's bound up his, but to me, I could think he he could just say, well, I was just as shocked and fooled as all of you, and right. this changes everything. and I suppose so. Maybe yeah. crowns himself king. Who knows? That was another <laughs> idea that I yeah. thought was outlandish, but what the fuck do I know? Crown Lancel king. Is he the
0: closest to that they have to a rightful heir at this point.
1: Well, maybe we can get another, it turns out, erroneous history of the... Yeah. The, the get Lannister Kevin line. up there. I don't know. Uh, well, you know, we need Danny. Yeah. That'd be... Oh, that'd be interesting if the... Nah, there's no way the High Septon's gonna send a raven over to her saying, hey, we got your home back. All you yeah. gotta do is submit to this, because that's... I mean, it's interesting they're setting up this religious war between the Lord of the Light, and that would be a big sticking point. uh uh-huh. I don't know. I don't know. I just—it's—I it's, can see a storyline where the people start clamoring for the Targaryens again, and they hear about Dany, and the great things she's doing over there, and the High Septon's like, yeah, and she's setting the, the slaves free, and maybe, but oh, she's she's got the the Red Priestess and priests all up uh, mm. all upons. I don't know. Yeah. Travis C. Uh, has a disagreement about Arya's storyline. Goes, you think Arya's storyline is perfunctory storytelling? No, sirs. The half-assed Reddit theories, in quotation marks, you gave credence to last week were perfunctory. It was clear from early on that this storyline was meant to cement the notion that Arya is a Stark and nothing but a Stark, and there's no getting away from that, death or otherwise. Arya is the waif. Jackin's the waif. Seriously? This is a natural progression of the story, dudes. Jackin clearly has affection for Arya, and a major theme of the piece as a whole, as you've stated, is the feudal warring of religious factions. This is the show exploring that theme further. "'Someone as devout as the Waif and Jaqen to the many-faced god "'have no place in the winter and the war to come. "'The Waif especially so, and now she is dead. Jackin's character seems wise and more willing to roll with the punches, "'thus his fast and loose dealings with Arya early on in the show.'" And the Clegane Bowl? Fuck the Clegane Bowl! It's meaningless. Why are we even talking oh about it? Oh my god! The I can't Sandor, wait for the whole internet to shit on this guy. <laughs> the Mountain and Sandor have their own things going on. They're pretty <laughs> compelling unto themselves. Why are we cheapening their individual stations situations with this hype? Ah, a hype slayer! All right, another, are we another hype slayer? Uh, let me just say, I think you're full of
0: shit. Uh, I think that the problems are so obvious with this. This line that, uh, I don't well, even have to explain them any further.
1: We've been over it. I think he's not wrong about he's, the overall point of the story, right? line, which is not the argument we were making. It's
0: not. We, the reason we were looking for explanations is because the what they showed us on the screen made zero sense. Yes. It was fucking terrible. And we were looking for some way to patch those holes yeah. in the boat, and they just weren't there. Like, sure, our, our stuff was insane, but it was only insane because we were trying to explain a thing that was terrible was and made yeah. no sense. Yeah. Like, how do you explain away all of the bad stuff we've talked about with Arya's
1: plotline yeah. at this point? It's Like the Greeks used to think Apollo drugged the sun across in a chariot. That's batshit, but they didn't know any better. They were just trying to explain why this fucking ball of fire keeps coming up every day. Right. I. I just. I don't know. I don't know.
0: Uh, I don't know what to say to people I do who think, actually think that that was good. I like, do
1: think. Well, that's. I do think Travis is right on. Even in his religious analysis, that's kind of sure. interesting too. And also, the game. You're just being mean now, right? Exactly. bowl is cool. People want to see it. And hopefully like, they'll replace it with something even cooler. And that's the other thing. is like, I'm not going to blame the fan base for wanting to see something that was hinted at in the text. Right. And we've had years to kind of salivate over. Like, if it's misdirection, Fine. You know, any normal situation, the misdirection wouldn't have lasted for six, seven years. It would have mm-hmm. been, you know, you'd have gotten the next movie or the next book or the next show. It's just... And if you don't see the fun
0: in this speculation
1: yeah. and this the building of the hype, then I feel
0: sorry for you. Oh! Like, there's a lot of fun to be had there, and if you don't want to participate in it, fine, but you don't have to shit on the people who do. I think there's a fair amount of fun in hype slang, too.
1: Just being able to chuckle and say, you fools... That's apparently the fun he's engaged in, because he is hype Jim coming out swinging on the hype-slayer. Sorry, uh, got to. Kristen from Honolulu. Do you think Danny will be upset with Tyrion after hearing about from Grey Worm and Andy about his summit, quote-unquote, with the Masters? His approach to me has always been my way—or her approach, rather—has always been my way or the highway, and here comes Tyrion making strategic, albeit misguided, diplomatic moves— I figure she'll just dragon blast all the masters, but after that, what will become a Tyrion, who doesn't have his buddy Varys anymore, and will she still trust him? Her children, Ragel yeah. and Viserion, seem to like him, so maybe? That's a good question. I don't think
0: Danny's going to like the events that transpired while she was gone. And you can't trust Danny to be level-headed, either. No. No, she's very vengeful. I mean, Tyrion a can say
1: you were gone. The city mm-hmm. was tearing itself apart. I, what was I supposed to do? But then she could say you break the fucking wheel and kill him. I mean, you ne- never right, know. and you fucked it all up. Now, look at the result of it. What do you do if Danny kills Tyrion? I cry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like Tyrion. I like Tyrion a lot. Oh, yeah. Uh, it'll be a real shame.
1: Yeah. Mm. He'll never get to have his impish delight. No. His imp imp's delight. Uh boy. You know, now that I say it that way, like, it feels like maybe they are setting him on a trajectory where he's mourning the things he's lost and will never have. Like, from a certain point of view, this feels like a coda of sorts. Could be. Oh boy. Do, do you oh, think boy. Tyrion's going to make it through? Man, like, I don't know. The whole
0: series is what I'm is what I'm talking about.
1: I know, okay. I know, and I don't know. I've asked that myself right. that question many times. I don't. I don't think he's absolutely. I, I, I struggle to figure out. Anyone is absolutely safe. I guess if I had to lay odds, I'd say John or Danny, yeah, is going to survive. That feels right. Maybe both, but like both of them dying doesn't seem right. Tear. But other than that, like I don't. I mean, I've always thought Arya would be one of the survivors because she's young enough to be. I mean, all. I guess all the main characters. The distinguishing thing about them is they are young. They're all young, and they're of these. These summer children that were born, they don't know the winter, and now winter's coming, and the old people fuck things up, and then they... I I don't know. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, Tyrion, I don't know. It'd be definitely... It's going to be an interesting moment on the internet, if and when he dies. Uh, Nate D. Also, here's the other thing. Like... (laughs) I know there's been a lot of book readers bemoaning the fact that, you know, the show advancing beyond the, the books are going to reverse-spoil them now, and there's been a lot to talk... And, oh, like, and, and surprisingly, little <laughs> of that going down this season. Yeah, But holy shit, everyone that's a show-only watcher, strap... If the Winds of Winter comes out in the off-season, and something like Tyrion dying happens, you mm. will be hard-pressed to avoid it. I yeah. feel sorry for anyone that wants to be unsplit as a show watcher, because... There's no way every one of these book readers are going to be respectful, no. and the BuzzFeed authors are going to be respectful, and the people on Facebook, like, it's it's going to be a goddamn catastrophe. Yep. And it, it, I I would lay pretty good odds that it'll come out before next season. That's me being an idiot again. Yeah. But, <laughs> Nate D. says, we learned this week that the Brothers that Banners know winter is coming and want to do something about it. Could you take a moment to break down and remind us who is knowledgeable and who cares that the White Walkers are on the move and the winter is coming versus who is blissfully ignorant that winter is coming and the white walkers are on the march south
0: it feels like at this point it's just the people in the north and maybe not even ramsey
1: i was gonna say not even the north i think that the people with john Mm -hmm. are 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 woke and i think that maybe some of the sympathetic people you know obviously they're following john are are aware the brother of banners was on honestly a true surprise it was yeah i would be surprised if at the end danny's contingent is ignorant although mm-hmm. she could just come to westeros just cause yeah i mean she's supposed to um yeah it's really like just everyone in the 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 south seems like they're in open disbelief if you even bring up the subject
0: uh what about little finger you think I, he knows? i was
1: just about to say Littlefinger little finger and varus um little finger more than varus yeah seems like he would have some some inside info on that yeah but then again it's also part of his plot that you know him him trying to climb i could see it being thematically interesting for him to be trying to climb this ladder of chaos and something even beyond his why like he's fully accounted for every piece on the board except for what's beyond the wall because he's never considered it
0: yeah or he's using this as an opportunity maybe i
1: yeah, I don't know. I will say that if anyone could make use of the opportunity, it'd be Littlefinger, but yeah. I, I do question whether he's even considered that possibility.
0: If he knows about it, he certainly hasn't told anyone that he knows about it. Sure. So, we are not sure.
1: Uh, Rebecca D. Arya was unsupervised in that Hall of Faces again. She had to take taken at least one face <gasps> because she needed to clear a space for the waif. She's I wonder what face faces. she took and what she'll do with it or them. Uh, there has got to be blank spaces on the wall. Right. You like, don't build did, a new pillar for every face. It did seem conspicuous that that didn't feel like a, you know, a, a, a half-filled pillar. Yeah. But, and there's the other thing. So, like, th- this show's kind of drive me nuts on this. And this is why I say, like, I can't believe two years into this we still don't know the rules. Because Jack and he drank the poison, um... It took on the face of Arya, who is still alive. Now you mm. could be saying, "Well, that's just Arya tripping balls," but I could just as easily argue that no, because her eyes hadn't got blurry and the poison hadn't kicked in yet. Um, so I don't really know. Can Arya, if she takes a face, can she just put it on? Can she put on a face without needing one? Like that's I don't know. It's just inconsistent. Or not well explained. Unless you say that, like, okay, she's just tripping balls, and then I guess you would need a face to turn into a face. and Sure. To turn into someone having a face. I don't know. I don't know, but it's interesting. Um, I will say that I am fully prepared for her to do some face switching later on and for it to be completely unexplained because the Double D's feeling like they've laid enough groundwork that they don't need to explain it. She's never done it. She's never and done I, it. I think... For her to get trained in the way of the faceless men
0: and never change faces would be a big mistake.
1: Yeah, no kidding. And I'm just it's just like if you introduce someone that's brought back to life and you don't use it later on, it'd be I, I feel like the same thing. And I I do feel like there's going to be a lot of people saying like I no, oh, this isn't the way faceless men work. But I'm I'll be there to say how do you know? How do you know? <laughs> how do you know? Where's the book? Where's the manual? Because we sure as fuck haven't gotten it. Yeah. Uh, Dan C. If Cersei goes before the court and admits her affair with Jaime then that admission strips Tommen of his title as king. The High Septon has to know this is a possibility. Oh, taste that dry pie. It might even have been his playing all around. I want to see if there's actually this comes of anything. With Tommen adding the faith as one of the two pillars take out the crown and the fit. Fa- yep, looks like we just ha <laughs> some dry pie. Uh, just goes to show that Tommen is clueless on how to play the Game of Thrones and he's just a child being played on all sides. Yep. Very, very, very true. D. Just D. Plain old D. Uh, a pity for Essos and Westeros medicine that the actress was killed. Her surges, surgical <laughs> skills could have saved hundreds, if not thousands, of lives in the upcoming mm-hmm. wars. Not just stitching up flesh, but stomach, intestines, maybe liver, pancreas, or kidneys, too. And no infections. Truly, the Florence Nightingale of that epic was lost. That is who we should be mourning.
0: Let Let me ask you a question.
1: Yeah. About
0: these plays. Oh, well, say, I can tell you want to say something about this this email.
1: No, I was just saying it because it made me laugh.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, good way
1: to get read if you made me laugh, like if you made me laugh on first read. Right. But don't try, because that's also some people get angry. It's like I made mm-hmm. a funny dick joke and you didn't read it. Well I had a hundred dick jokes and, <laughs> and
0: I chose my I like best to make one. my own. <laughs> oh that, that too, yeah. Uh what is Tyrion's reputation in Essos? And specifically in Marine because I know he he obviously has a reputation given these plays and Bravos in Bravos. Sure, how far has that spread? And is he actually the most famous dwarf in the city? Like, do people recognize him as he walks through the street? I would think so. Do, so they obviously don't care that he's a murderer and a betrayer
1: and like. Well, he's their murderer and betrayer. The, the the worst of all things. The thing is, Bravos is what they call a free city. Uh-huh. As opposed to Slaver's Bay. So there might be kind of like a north south kind of, and I'm I'm speaking of like in American terms, not in Westerosi terms. Right. Like, kind of like, well, that's what they say in Bravos, but of course they would. Huh. Okay. Um, they're just like a different way of life. And, you know, this guy's associated with Danny, and the Red Priestesses are saying that the. I thought it was interesting they're working in that, like, uh, as long as we remain faithful to the Queen and her advisors, then we'll never be put in chains again. Pretty strong incentive to not believe any foreign propaganda. Okay, because that's the thing. Like anything from Westeros and Bravos is going to be seen not as like, oh, this is Essos, so it's good. It's just still making it seen as foreign propaganda.
0: Right, but it seems to be hitting with the crowds in Braavos, and bravo. Right? And I, like, I do
1: think that's very interesting that, that Tyrion is getting this reputation as a monster elsewhere in the world where he's also a savior. Like, I think yeah. that will probably work again. I mean, that it seems like there's a lot of things that could go wrong with Danny going to Westeros. She's bringing the, the Dothraki. She's bringing mm-hmm. a wanted murderer and Kinslayer, yeah. which is true, and t- an and accused Kingslayer, which is false. Yeah. And... Uh, you know, the spider and uh, disgraced Westerosi slave trader, knight. Like, there's a lot of things in her entourage that's baggage for days, man. Mm-hmm. Baggage for days. Uh, yeah, I mean, just imagine the, the political attack ads that they could make on her. Oh, right.
0: Yeah, it's no good.
1: Uh, Kevin EW says, Do we know if the Faceless Men are technically dead or alive? This is an interesting take. And I want to talk about it a little bit, because I'm going to take this pretty seriously. Is it possible that Arya was already quote-unquote dead or can not be killed before she was stabbed by the waif? There are three reasons why I believe she's already a faceless man and cannot be killed. If you recall in Season 5, Episode 10, after Jaqen drank the poison to pay for Maren Tran's life, Arya pulled the faces off of Jackin and saw her own. Arya drank from the fountain, which results in death for the people, as we've seen in previous episodes. In this episode, Jaqen said that Arya was no one before he let her go. So this theory is that ultimately you're going to find that the faceless men are all dead.
0: Why would Jack and Sin waif to kill someone who's
1: dead? That is a very good question. And that's the only flaw I see in the argument. Um, I guess that implies that, like, I think John could be killed again certainly killed again certainly thoros was or whatever his name is thoros Mm -hmm. right even though he still has like when he even got resurrected still had these giant slashes in his heart and i mean i'm just assuming that he can still be killed um so like if you cut off someone's head that would still kill them Mm -hmm. um i mean that that, that's that tends to kind of work with the literary terms of immortality like you're going to be proof of poison and you can't be stabbed to death but if you cut off your head or something like that it's 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 bad news Um, I, that would be an interesting reveal that would make all this shit make sense. The Arya couldn't die from the stab wounds, this was just all a big game and a test, and to get her to open her eyes to accept the reality of her situation, that she Hmm. still fully hasn't, and to me that's what Jake and Smirk is about, that like, oh, you still, you're no one, but you don't know what that means. Hmm. Now, I will say that even though I'm taking this seriously and I'm considering it, I still think it's probably bullshit. But it is something that would make a lot of things in retrospect make sense. I guess.
0: I, I just don't know why Jackin knowing that, would would try to have her killed.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I mean, like I said, it doesn't explain everything. But I do sure. think there is a way that this could be revealed that would be... Hmm. And also, um, you know, it would be yet another Stark is undead. Sure. You gotta all you gotta do is put the uh, Sansa you have her dead and flip back to life. I mean, we've got Melisandre falling, why not? Have all the Stark children, remaining Stark children are dead. Then you can bring back all their dire wolves, and everybody can be happy. Yeah, bring back Ned. Why not? (laughs) Just sew that head back on. Get Lady Crane to do it. Bring Bring her back. Get her to sew the
0: head back on. Shit. She's got a full
1: articulated skeleton, and that's more than she needs. (laughs) Easily. Um, Sarah AB said, Well, I totally see your frustration around Arya's apparent fatal wounds and her ability to outrun an incredibly fast waif. I think you're missing some of the mysticism in the show. I think royal blood counts for a lot in this show. Or king's blood, as it's referred to. Because Arya is a Stark, I think she may be stronger than most other children. All the characters that escape have indeed had some trait that make them more likely to survive incredible feats. The Hound as a warrior, Jon Snow also has royal blood, etc. Bottom line, Arya is a badass Stark, so it'll take more to kill her. What do you think about this royal blood argument? If they, if if some point... Someone says, boy, you Starks are hard to kill. Well, it's because you're royal blood. What about Robert Baratheon? Yeah, it's true. But that boar fucked him up pretty good. Got, With yeah. With some gut wounds. Exactly. that got septic and exactly died despite the all the milk of poppy. And, um, yeah. Now, he was out of shape and kind of old, but
0: I, I, I don't know. It's just, like I said before, it's another bandage on a thing that just doesn't work as yeah. presented on screen. Plus,
1: also, also if you want to... I'm, I'm going to do a devil's advocate. Robert Baratheon was never really the king. He was an upstart rebe- rebel. Like, Targaryens are kings. Starks were kings up until 300 years ago. Like, they literally no shit had royal blood. Bar- Robert Baratheon was, a, you know, an offshoot of an offshoot of the Targaryens. Like, you know, it's mm-hmm. not nearly as close to the source. I don't <laughs> believe that, but I'm trying right.
0: to... I feel like these are all just bandages on the the story as they trying to belly. tell it. Yeah,
1: yeah, they're all just stitches in a Lady Crane manifesto. I don't know. Okay. Jeremy from Australia said, Couldn't we have gotten at least a one-liner from the Lannister Guard, such as, The Blackfish is dead, but boy, he killed 30 of our men. This would have at least given us an idea of how badass he was. Nope, I think he just floundered.
0: Yeah. No pun intended. Boy, he just flopped, just flopped like a fish like on like land.
1: Fish out of water. Yeah. I, I don't like it, but all... All evidence seems to point to the fact that he just did a <laughs> he thought blast he was going in to that did nothing. Yeah, uh, although we didn't see him die.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Sue in Seattle says, "I know you're bummed about how Arya's story played out in *Bravos*, but think about what awesomeness could remain for her. This is the sunny side and the essentially nothing's sure. changed side of the theory. Yeah, how does she fit into *Game of Thrones* in game? Given her specialized skill set as an assassin, I don't see her being the person who brings down the Night's King on the battlefield." Walter Frey though should be easy target because the Freys are idiots. But what other major characters is she destined to kill? Could it be the Mountain and then on to Cersei? Or God forbid, if Danny ends up the villain, might Arya be the only person who can get around her protection? Oh, I think the names on
0: her list are all in danger at
1: this point. Yeah, uh, she's going to be pissed and ready to go. Yep. Um, I. That's the thing. Like I don't. To the extent that 10 people's speculation on what Arya could do in a plot is not interesting, I don't know that mine is more interesting than that.
0: Yeah, it's an open ended question at this point. Yeah. Like,
1: she can go back.
0: All we know is she's headed back to Westeros, and that's it. Yeah. And if I had, set had a good skills.
1: idea, I wouldn't be shy about sharing it, but it's like I'm not, uh, I don't, I'm not a box with a button that says push here for speculation. No, the most uh, obvious
0: thing is her list.
1: Yeah. That's what she's probably Maybe in the spoiler section, headed. and not because it's a spoiler, just because it's in the quickest next podcast. Um, we could go over her list and who's still left because a lot of them have been cleared out.
0: A lot of the ones she mentioned, like Cersei the Mountain. Um, who else did you mention?
1: Uh, so, well, the Hound was mentioned, but didn't she mention that she's he's really no longer on the list? I or Illen Payne was always a big one, right? Yeah. Uh, who the, a- the actor got throat cancer. I guess he recovered, but they rewrote his part in the story to essentially be Braun, so hmm. i don't feel like he plus who cares like has he been has he been a part of the show since season one
0: not that i remember like he
1: did swing the sword to cut oh. off ned's head so, yeah, but I don't know that it would even land five seasons later. So yeah. it might be an interesting idea to go over her uh, list. And I think the book list might be a little bit different, so there's a the justification for putting huh. it the spoiler edition. But we could go through like all the peoples whose names are still on there and out there and see if there's any, any interesting possibilities. But it seems like you're right. Cersei, the Mountain, those are the interesting ones. Yeah. I would like to see Arya and the Hound meet up again. Okay, cause I don't think she'd yeah. kill him, but I think no. that would be that'd be that they were always one of the more entertaining pairings with with Ari anyway
2: mm-hmm.
1: Andy k from l a said, Hey guys, I'm on my second read through of the books, and there's so much that I'm picking up on the reread that I didn't catch the first time uh relax there's no real spoilers It's just some in some some insight that I thought was cool. There's been a lot of fans predicting big character deaths, especially since we're approaching the end of the saga. The Arya storyline has been frustrating and confusing for many of us, especially after recent episodes. But one thing I thought was interesting, reading Arya's will-she-or-won't-she-survive-the-series questions, or regarding, rather, was this passage from the book of the first book, Game of Thrones, Arya's first-ever POV chapter that foreshadows current and future events. Jon Snow is talking with Arya at Winterfell after she had just run crying out of the proper ladies' stitching lessons with Septa Mordain, Sansa, and Marcella. Jon Snow says to Arya, The longer you hide, the sterner the penance. You'll be sewing all through winter. When spring thaw comes, you will find your body with a needle still locked tight between your frozen fingers. Hmm. Arya didn't think that was funny. I hate needlework, she said with a passion, and it's not fair. To me, this seems like Arya will make it back to Westeros, but pay with her life somehow after the Cold War's to come. She'll live through the winter, or next book, or next season, but will die with her sword in a final act. What do you think? Some interesting foreshadowing. Yeah, especially with the whole needle locked tight between your frozen fingers. Yeah. I don't know that uh, that has a certain condemnatory ring to it. Yeah, it feels kind of right too. I don't know. Uh, so anyway, uh, I hope people don't. Do you think people consider that a spoiler? I, it's a little bit of book shouldn't. foreshadowing. Now I'm yeah, I'm but second, it happened I'm early on. Myself. Yeah, but it didn't wasn't mentioned in the book. I mean, there's generic bitching that she doesn't like needlework and blah blah blah, but. Right. I don't think John said that in the show. Anyway, maybe we'll cut it later. Who knows? We'll see. Uh, that's all the feedback we got. That's how we end things. Uh, we will be back Friday with the full spoiler edition. Also, a little, um, a, a little bit of quirk to our scheduling that people might not know is that we record that early Thursday. Yeah. just to give us time to... or well not early, like mid-afternoon Thursday to give us time to edit it and, and 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 whatnot so we can release it early on Friday morning. So I think there a lot of people get bummed out when they have a really hot take that doesn't make it in. Sometimes if you send it in on Thursday, it's not going to make it in. So I just want to alert people to that. You know, I know there's a lot of frustration in the feedback in general, um, but that's that's the way it works. But we'll be back Friday with the Spoiler Edition... Um, Where I'm not actually usually, I've had a pretty good topic in mind to talk about, but I felt like this episode, I, the what we'll be talking about is stuff that maybe we were hoping to get and is going to be dead now, primarily. Uh, but if you got any hot takes, send it into Game of Thrones at baldmove.com. Of course, on our forums, forums at baldmove.com. If you want to discuss stuff, spoiler or non spoiler with your fellow fans, uh, make sure you clearly mark it. And uh, yeah, we'll be back Friday and then Sunday for the Battle of the Bastards. Can't wait. See if we can pull out of this steep nose dive Bravo's put us in. Prediction which bastard wins? Assuming uh, it's a random John, John Snow wins or I riot. Okay. I, it might be just me as a one man, but, you know. Like you bring John back I'll to flip, just lose. I'll flip every table in this room. <laughs> okay. There's only <laughs> one, and I'm sitting across from it, so I'm worried. Yeah. I'm not going to get to eat many chickens this season, but I will flip every fucking table. So it better be John.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. All right, cool. Well, we'll see everybody on uh, Friday who wants to tune in. And until then, I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. See ya.